Hello there, welcome to episode 64, and more importantly, the special Christmas celebratory issue of True Cult Pop, the music podcast, with me, Stephen Hill. Hope you're good. Happy Christmas to you, you absolute, but you total bastard, you beautiful bastard. You've made it all the way to Christmas, as has Santa's little wanker, Gaz Jones. (laughs) Yeah, fuck you, fuck Christmas. Yeah, you like you... Christmas, Gaz, do you? No. Oh! <laughs> oh I wish, I'd, I wish well, we'd establish this before I started yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah, could, yeah, could you just say yes for the purpose of a joke? <laughs> um, no, I, I don't... Well, you know, I, I don't mind it. It's, I, I suppose it's just unfortunate that um, the job I'm in, it's just the most yeah. thankless, horrible, vile, disgusting month. Um, and But it is just quite quite funny just watching... Normal everyday folk just immediately just the second they get behind the wheel of a car they just go full on fucking defense. It go Saffron Walden today was like a scene out of falling down. I've, I've seen people like uh, you know like breaking, stopping their car, getting out, and shout at the person behind them. Oh dear! And I'm just watching this, just like oh, I'm gonna have a cigarette and put my scanner on break and have a watch. Um, <laughs> But I, I do well. I I like Christmas when it falls on a weekend because then yeah I get Monday and Tuesday off work as well that following week which is yeah. nice. So I guess I'm lucky that I'm in a job where as we record this podcast is it a job? Uh, is it on the twelfth? It's <laughs> pays for the bathroom which still hasn't finished yet. It's the twelfth of December. Yeah. Uh, it's a Tuesday. Yeah. I basically um go in for a steak with my guys at work on on friday steak uh, dinner which is the Whoa. 15th steak dinner and oh. and and we're going to watch the, the um the book of mormon oh good times a few beers and then that's it for me until the new year lovely that's, stuff that sounds lush mate i will say because we didn't because we just put out a couple of podcasts where we didn't get to review gigs mm. i mean weirdly due to the kind of recording schedule that we yeah picked was... up on here it means that i can't review helmet I can't review therapy. I can't, I can't review, review the... therapy either. Well, we have to say it for the new year. Fuck. I can't review yeah. the lightning seeds and madness. I can't review urn at the Boston Music Room, and I can't review the darkness in Brighton playing Permission to Land in full. Yeah, do you see Ed, Sh- do you see Ed Sheeran was supporting him at the London I did see the other that. night. <laughs> that was mad. I did see that six songs, and he came out and did "Love Is Only a Feeling." He did. It's yeah. Like, I Can I bring my guitar? I'm going to see the guitar. I'd rather you I'd didn't. I'd rather you didn't. <laughs> Ed Sheeran lives around here, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, um, I tell you what, I did go and see, though. I yeah. went to go and see. did go and see. I did go, go to a couple of gigs. I'm going to give them a really, really shout out, and then we'll get on with the show properly. Went to go and see McCluskey. Me and Sam went to go and see McCluskey. Ooh. Never seen McCluskey before. Finally got to see McCluskey. Shout out Damien of the St. Pierre Snake Invasion for getting us into um, the McCluskey gig. It was a rollicking good time. They are every bit as funny as I expected them to be. Yeah. Falco is fucking hilarious. Like, I don't normally go, when people go like, oh my God, it's so funny in between songs. And it's normally just like, Hur! like the shit that like Tom DeLonge and Mark Hopper yeah. say to each other. Like, Hur! Like, I thought I was having sex with your mum's butt. And they go, yeah. yeah, that wasn't my mum's butt. That was my butt. I just had it waxed yesterday. Here's a shit song. Right. But Falco is legitimately really, really funny. Um, 
those and songs the, and the songs weren't shit either so oh and the songs <laughs> were fucking songs were fucking great um damien stomps around like a, a lunatic falco still sounds good he's just got that presence his guitar tone is beautifully wiry yeah i love mccluskey well good and the next night i went to go and see brutus oh assembly hall great now, band, great bands i was i have to admit a little bit shitty not shitty but i was a little bit like eh, about the last brutus album right mm. i was a little like um i was a bit like uh, you know like uh what's it called unison life right yeah. we didn't even review it last year we reviewed it at the start of this year even though it came out in 2022 and i'd like nest and i'd like burst i thought they're both great yeah. and everyone's like oh, unison life's amazing and i was like i listened to it i was like mm, i don't know and i haven't really gone back to it um, so I wasn't super excited about going to, I wasn't like, oh my God, Brutus, right? First thing I want to say, Karen Park, their support act was amazing. Karen Park plays keyboards in Arabrot, who I've been quite mm. um, positive about in the past, but her solo stuff, I listened to a little bit before I went and I was going, oh, it's going to be quite kind of, you know, slow and ethereal not very high energy sort of singer songwriter piano and voicey you know kind of whispery voice stuff no not at all not at all karen park sounded was it like a one woman kind of it, it was like the sophisticated pop of everything but the girl in that kind of missing era it had that kind of like analogy early ravey feel it had like to be honest i know it's kind of an an obvious thing but like bjorky vocals and this kind of propulsive uh dance ability that you would get from something like self-esteem right (laughs) it was she was great and it was all like she treated her set less like a kind of oh here is a song here is a song here is a song she had two keyboards either side of her and it was like she was doing a dj set but then singing the songs at the same time and it just kept wow. kind of continually one piece of music really really good really really good so if you don't know karen park um go and check her out she is excellent brutus i had never seen before right and man they were fucking amazing they were fucking amazing right um Stephanie, their drummer and vocalist, yeah. is just mind blowing. Like I'm sure everyone who's seen them before will know this, but I was like, like her voice is this kind of crystalline whisper, howl, shriek, like soaring vocals, like an absolutely unbelievable voice. And the fact that she does it whilst playing this like very very kind of i would say deceptively complex yeah. alternative rock like post hardcore thing and uh, i was really impressed i think the other two guys are really really good and if i did have one complaint it's that still that they do i don't like you know the kind of crescendo corey post rock thing which got so just hammered into my face endlessly uh, I I didn't need and, and when they did do a kind of like a few of the like long chord stuff I was like come on don't bore us get to the chorus sort of thing but yeah. you know so many of the songs they just kind of powered through and yeah it was it was like a really weird mix to get this kind of like 
dancey synth pop dj set and this very very emotional angular post-hardcore meets post-rock soaring thing those two things it didn't really feel like they should fit together weirdly they did great gig man great gig nice. really good yeah really lo- really good i haven't really listened to any i mean i i, I love the debut i love burst i think it's a mm. fucking wicked album yeah it's great. i was turned on i was turned on to it by um um little simon young i remember mm-hmm. a long long time ago um yeah i haven't really listened to kind of anything i said yeah they've done like a couple of albums since then um yeah yeah i need to need to go and check them out man especially now you said ness was decent didn't you Ness is decent. Yeah. I think most people do think Unison Life is the best one. I feel okay. like I'm in slightly in the minority that I don't, that I, I just haven't really been back to Unison Life, but it okay. did, did kind of make me think that I should, although I just haven't had the time recently. But yeah, they were they were really good. Anyway, on this week's show, I should have said what we're doing on this week's show. That's just like <laughs> what I've been up to. Yeah. On this week's show, we're going to be celebrating Christmas by doing the old classic, the ABC box game Hurrah. of christmas songs and maybe a few christmas movies sprinkled in there first but before all of that i wanted to do something special as a special christmas gift for you so you know who i called up i called up my good friend mark tremonti and mark (laughs) tremonti has recently released a christmas album um which is called Mark Tremonti, Christmas Classics, New and Old. And I listened to it. It's really good. It's actually really good. It put me mm. in the most Christmassy, Christmassy mood that I've been in uh, at the start of this year, uh, as you'll probably hear me chat about. And I basically wanted to get the kind of lowdown on what makes a great Christmas in the Tremonti household. And that means what food would you eat? What drinks would you have? What film would you put on? Would Most you, importantly... Would you invite Rand Scott Stapp? <laughs> would you invite Scott Stapp? We do mention Creed a little bit, but I did keep you away from this conversation, Gals, just in case you said something offensive to Mark Tremonti about Creed. Um, <laughs> but we chatted to Mark, uh, and he's a lovely, lovely man, and he's got this new Christmas album out, and I was like, right, the best Christmas songs. What are they, Mark? So Mark Tremonti gave me his five favourite Christmas songs, and here he is. The wonderful Matramonti of Alter Bridge, Solo, and Creed. And Creed. He's in Creed. He is in Creed. He is. They're off Um, the TikTok videos. Yeah. Uh, Here he is talking to me about his his five favourite Christmas songs ever. All right. Our guest today is a member of not one, but two of the biggest arena rock bands currently operating on planet Earth. He has numerous multi-platinum records to his name. He is a Grammy winner, a guitarist, a vocalist, a solo artist, a winner of Metal Hammer's coveted Riff Lord, Golden God, and is, as I understand it, a very big fan of the festive season. It is my pleasure to welcome to True Cult Pop. Happy Christmas, Mark Tremonte. How are you? Happy Christmas to you as well. I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing very, very well, mate. I'm doing very well. Um, I'm going to kick off before we start mark obviously we're going to be talking about christmas quite a lot i'm going to let everyone into a little secret behind the the kind of the the curtain as it were today um today's the 30th of november and my golden rule is no christmas stuff until the first of december but knowing that we were doing this chat today i decided to get up early i got up at seven o'clock in the morning i went for a lovely walk in the kind of crisp icy sort of slightly snowy fields and woods of my local village and i put your album on and i can confirm i now feel christmassy 
I feel very, right. I feel very Christmassy. It's great. The record is great. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so, um, let's talk about the record really, really quickly. Your record. I mean, uh, for the people that don't know, you know, obviously, this came about post the kind of Sinatra album. That's right, isn't it? You did the Sinatra, which yeah. all came across because of your work that you were doing with the National Down Syndrome Society. So, for the people that don't know, do you want to fill people in on where they can go to kind of find out more about that and how it all came about in the first place? Yeah, you can check out TremontiSingSinatra.com or TakeAChanceForCharity.com. Um, so the yeah, the, the Sinatra record all goes to charity. It all, it all supports the National Down Syndrome Society. Uh, we actually have a show coming up um, in a couple of weeks that's supporting a clinic that we opened with some of the funds that we've raised. So it's the uh, first clinic of its kind in the southeastern United States. It's a, it's a lifespan Down Syndrome clinic, and we're very proud to have, have launched it. Mm. yeah it's good work and the, you know the the for, for the people who are familiar with your your day job should i say um they might not uh, be aware of what an uh, an excellent crooner you are i was kind of taken aback at how how kind of naturally you seem to have taken to this although i know i know you've worked very hard at this i'm not saying like you haven't worked, but because i know you have worked very hard at it but it's really great it's a really like i mean who doesn't love those songs but it's great man you feeling happy with how it's all come out I love it. I love it. it. You know, this has been a tough album to push because, like you said, people don't turn on the Christmas thing until after Thanksgiving or the beginning of December. So I've recorded this record back in April and I'm trying to promote it. And we started promoting it in July and people are like, you know, I don't want to think about Christmas until, you know, after Thanksgiving. So it's been hard to push it. So now you have on a Christmas record, you have a month to push it so now we're we're doing that yeah it, it's it's really good i particularly like the nearly doom metal version of the first noel which i think i know you're i know you're a big celtic frost fan i was like i can hear a bit of tom g warrior just sort of that's right <laughs> bubbling away in the background a little bit there um i also i want to talk about the video as well i the video for christmas morning the stop animation video i watched that and i bloody love that that is so Christmassy, like the magic of Christmas captured in such a, a glorious way. Um, what inspired that video? Uh, you know, Christmas to me was all about, you know, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of, of modern Christmas things in general. Mm. I like to think, I like to remember my childhood. So I remember the uh, year without a Santa Claus and, you know, Rudolph Red Nosed Reindeers and Frosty the Snowman movies where it's all, you know, the freeze frame claymation uh, videos or movies. So I wanted to do that with this video and the guy who did it, um, you know, he would send us screenshots or just like little pictures of the sets and it looked great, but we didn't see that video until a day before it came out. Really? So uh, there was no back and forth on it. It was pretty much here it is. And even, I absolutely love it. So I'm glad it uh, turned out the way it did. I think he did an excellent job. Did you, did you approve of the claymation Mark Tremonti from that? Cause I was like, yeah, he's giving you a bit of a fuller beard. I'm not going to like, you know, he's kind of, it, it's a, the kind of the classic kind of full, full beard you've got going on there. I was like, that's kind of, you know, human clay here and Mark Tremonti that he's gone for and that claymation there a little bit, I think. I laughed. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I think I saw my wife in that video. She's, uh, she's, she's funny looking in there, but it's, 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 it's awesome. Yeah. Um, the kids, you know, I'm glad that he put the kids in there and, mm. uh, even put the glasses on my daughter in the video so he, he did an excellent job yeah it's great it's very very good so let's talk about christmas before we get into your top five favorite christmas songs let's just set up 
the scene for how to have uh, the the finest Christmas in your opinion, Mark. So you're you're obviously a big fan of the festive season. Favorite time of the year for you? Would you say? Um, you know, it's it's definitely one of my favorite times of the year. It's uh, you know, it gets for every for most people, it's it's a nice, relaxing, chill time. But man, it's 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 chaos when you have three kids and mm. and you know traveling. But I my my favorite thing to do is to go. Um, usually, I go up to Chicago to visit my brothers and. The kids get to see snow for a week of their lives each year, and they love it. Um, this year, we were not able to do that because we have the show here in Orlando just a week before. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I love to just get up north, get in the snow with the kids, and you know, pack up boxes and boxes of Christmas presents to ship to a different city and then ship back home. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice. Um, your uh, number one Christmas present would probably be a, a pinball machine, right? You're a big, I can see a couple in the background there. Yeah, that that one there, that that golden eye is my, I just got that the other day, so that's my Christmas present this year. <laughs> is it right? Yeah, you shouldn't have opened that before Christmas. You're gonna get on the naughty boys list if you're not careful there, Mark. Right, anyway. The be- how to set up the finest Christmas. Um, here's something that this has been a big thing in Britain this year. When does the tree go up? Um, we already have a tree up now, but but the uh, the real tree that we're going to go, you know, buy and yeah, I think they only last about three weeks. So mm. you know, about three weeks before Christmas, I would say. That feels like the right time. I got I had an ex girlfriend from America, and she wanted to put it. She put it up on the first of November one year, and I was like, this, wow. this is too much, isn't it? That's too it's much. Not gonna survive. It's just gonna, you know, no matter how much you water that that thing, it's just gonna get the, the branches are gonna hang. If you, I I know if you put up a tree too early in the middle of the night, you'll hear things crashing in your family room because the uh, the branches have sagged and all your things, your ornaments are falling off of them. Yeah, it was just too much Christmas as well. To be honest, it was pre, you know pre straight after Halloween. You're thinking about Christmas. I need a little bit of like decompression. I need a little bit like it's too early. It's too early. So I'm glad right. I'm glad we agree on that. Um oh, yeah. best Chris I'm gonna i I'm gonna give you the choice of savory and sweet. You can have one of each. Best Christmas food. Savory Christmas food. What is the top Christmas food for you? Uh you know, I, I'm a fan of pumpkin pie. You know, my wife doesn't like it, I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh that's the only thing I can think of that uh you know that i think christmas and food is pumpkin pie is that savory also i don't because we don't really have that over here i know you guys are in america you have some kind of pretty different di- dishes to us yeah no i mean as far as as far as a dessert goes you know okay. that's that's you know that's great but as far as food um it's kind of all over the place for us you know it's nothing nothing really jumps out other than a thanksgiving turkey as something that we traditionally do yeah i mean we did a turkey over here one thing i know you do 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 you have the the sweet potato with the marshmallows on top no we don't do that but uh you know my my little girl would love it you know she loves sweet potatoes yeah i've had like i say with an ex-girlfriend from america i had that with my christmas dinner one year it is is a bit bizarre but it was it was it was good to try um christmas you know corn corn casserole my wife makes a great corn casserole. That's a great holiday dish. Is that is, now? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I think I know what that is. I think I know what that is. Is that the the mushroom soup stuff with the the onions on top and the beans? Or what? They, uh, it's almost. It looks like you you're baking a cake, and it's got corn in it, and it's got uh, some kind of some kind of carb 
carbalicious thing in there that's that's <laughs> surrounding the corn. It's just right. I don't know how she, but everybody loves it. Right, okay. I'm not familiar with that one. I'll go. I have to get it. Tell her to send us over the recipe. We can try that. Uh, Christmas drink, best Christmas Chris drink. It's funny. Uh, I, I would probably say uh, beer. Beer. If I'm if I'm <laughs> hanging out, in the it's usually beer. Okay, not the eggnog. Not the egg. I've never even tried eggnog. Little mold wine. You know what's a good. You know. You know what's a good dessert uh, drink is uh, is take some some Bailey's or some Kahlua, throw some ice cream in there. Oh yeah. You know that's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. That is a good one. Bellini in the morning. Did you call it a Bellini? We call it Buck's Fizz over here. The kind of orange juice, sh champagne. That in the morning for breakfast. That's what I usually have on a Christmas morning. That's lovely. Yeah. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh yeah, and then get on the beers. Yeah, lovely. Oh, nearly Christmas. Here we go. What does champagne and orange juice call? It's, it's a drink. What's it? It's, well, we call, uh, we call it Buck's Fizz over here. I believe uh, I believe you call it a. Is it a Bellini? Am I getting that right? No, it's. Uh, I, I I'll re I'll remember sometime in the next. Okay. In the next. All right. Fine. Well, anyway, look, it's pretty easy to make. You just put some orange juice and some champagne. I'm sure. Whatever you call it, it's nice. Um, I think we've already done best Christmas setting um you would rather be in the snow and in the cold and it being a bit kind of wintry than the sun i take it just for a few days after that i'm over it okay yeah, fine. back to the sun you know do three four days in the snow and get back home okay uh here's what i'm interested in to hear as well mark best christmas movie number one christmas movie uh well i'd say the year without a santa claus i don't think i've seen that that's the claymation you know for oh, as okay. far as like a movie but as, as far as an adult's christmas movie i'd say elf oh yeah classic absolutely mm. classic um how do you feel about die hard as a christmas movie yes or no you know that never that has never been part of our tradition over here but i'm gonna try to start that with the kids you know i don't know if they've even seen the seen die hard mm. It's an odd one. I don't really feel like when I was growing up that would be thought of as a Christmas movie, but suddenly it seems to have been chucked in with Home Alone and yeah. Elf and all the others. I don't know where that's come from. I mean, I suppose it is sort of a Christmas movie. It's brilliant. I'm happy to watch Die Hard at any time of the year. But anyway, there you go. So that's what you need, guys. You need um, the snow, the beer, the pumpkin pie. That's right. The corn casserole. The corn casserole. And the, um, what was it? The, the year Santa Claus... Uh, the year without a Santa Claus. Yeah, without Santa Claus, and then you got yourself a good start. But really, we want to talk about the top five Christmas songs according to you, Mark. And I have them right here. The first one that you've gone for is "This Christmas" by Donny Hathaway, which is a song from 1970 from the legendary soul artist. Tell us what you think is so special about this particular song. Why'd you pick it? It's just a, you know. A, it's just got such a good vibe to it. It's an upbeat. Um, I think it's one of the coolest Christmas songs. You know, that's the mm. that's the song I wonder will cover. Or um, one of my favorite singers in the world is a guy uh, a guy named Samuel Lejumblad, and I heard him do it. He's uh, I think he's a Swedish singer. And um, when I heard him do it, I was like, you know what? One day I want to sing that song. It's just a um, the songs just put together really well and i love i love not only the vocal but i love the music behind the vocal yeah it's brilliant i mean I, I i really love this song it's so great and it's kind of um it manages to sort of 
get between kind of parping horns and that kind of finger clicking cool soul feeling but also they've chucked in you know the bells and the the kind of the this sort of shuffle and it's got a kind of it's got such a christmasy feel to it as well um i don't know if you knew this but donny hathaway not only did he do the vocals he did the keyboards and the bass on this song as well i had no idea mm. yeah wow you know a lot of people uh when i put this record out a lot of people weren't familiar with that song yeah it's been you know, it's- it's been covered a few times i think the temptations gladys knight christian aguilera and CeeLo green have also all covered it as well so i feel like it was you know it actually i've got it here it peaked on the billboard chart in the us at number 37 but it took until 2011 before it actually peaked so i don't know what happened when it wasn't a hit back in the 70s but i feel like it's kind of become a classic over the years it's kind of grown to become a classic yeah i'm just surprised that there's still people who are like what what song is that i'm it's always been one of my favorites yeah it's a great song it is a great song um yeah slow burn 37 i mean even even that you think because you write a christmas song and you're kind of set for life aren't you you know it's a, it's something uh that my my dad told me when i was a kid he's like you mm. need to you need to write a christmas song and it's like you know you can't be in a rock and roll band writing christmas songs it doesn't it doesn't work like that you know it's it's it's, it's not it's not uh widely accepted and then when i did the sinatra thing it opened the door for me to be able to do it so that's when i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna write that christmas song yeah nice no okay so there you go yeah this christmas by donny hathaway i i really that's the one that i was like yes good um you've also gone for the first noel mm-hmm. and you put any version so this is obviously a traditional christmas carol is there a particular version that you would hold in higher esteem than any of the others um I think Andy Williams did a version of it that mm-hmm. I liked, uh, but I think in general that song is just one of my favorite Christmas songs. It's it's just the mood of it. Like you said, you, you have the, uh, you said it almost has that uh, that metal kind of thing to it. It's it's definitely a moody song. Mm-hmm. You know, us us in the rock and roll world, I think, I think a lot of us like to write big epic songs that really take you on a journey. There's nothing more epic than. Uh, some of these old school, um, you know, church churchy kind of Christmas songs like the Oh Holy Night and First Noel. You put a big choir and a big symphony behind it. That's about the most epic music, you know, you can hear. Mm. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I listened to it earlier and I listened to the version by the Oxford Trinity Choir. Don't know if you're familiar mm. with that version. That's like uh, their big kind of choir over here, I think. And it is, you know, it's one that, I remember when I was a kid and we go to like carol services at the church on Christmas Eve and stuff. It was always one of the the standards. So when you sent it through, it was like, oh, any version of it. I was like, oh, yeah, even probably even my version that I was singing in church when I was like seven years old just sounded like massive and booming to me back in those days. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Every, you know, I, I like to hear a variety of people singing that that track because it's and, you know, it's it's funny when I was when I was tracking it uh one of the toughest things was to figure out what lyrics i was going to use because every everybody uses it seems like there's so many different versions of that song and until you sing that song you you don't realize how weird some of the lyrics are and how weird it is the phrase you know um i'm like do they really say look it up you know they look it up you know it's not they looked up they look it yeah you know so oh and and there's little um that's a 
some of some of these these old songs have are, are tough to sing because of the way things are um i don't know that doesn't that doesn't just flow off the tongue very easily some of these tunes yeah real weird cadence and like yeah, I, yeah. I, i'd always get the the old uh christmas carol sheet when i was in school or whatever and it would be you know heareth uh cometh let us yeah. all that's yeah okay fine but this has been done by like so I, I listened to the oxford trinity choir version i listened to the frank sinatra version as well which i think is very good you mentioned the andy williams version is good have you listened to any of these versions mariah carey i have not okay sufian stevens the indie artist did a version which is less than a minute long no i haven't heard it might give that one a swerve for you it's not, it's not great uh josh groban did it did it pretty straight yep yeah, yeah. i heard josh yeah. version. uh carrie underwood's version yes i heard that one what'd you think of that i thought it was great yeah uh whitney houston yeah whitney houston uh i don't know if God, i probably heard it when i was when i did the record i researched pretty much every version i could hear and i think whitney houston really takes it to uh impossible to sing territory i mean she's floating through scales like crazy and just killing it and you know i want to hear a version that i think i could do something i could take some ideas and put it into my version but whitney houston is just way too good of a singer for me to try to imitate in any way that version is mental it's crazy like she's uh, yeah insane and of course uh i wouldn't say i'm saving the best of last here the cast of glee have you had the cast of glee doing this have not heard that one yet. Okay. Well, again, you're not really missing out on my. When, when you said any version, I think maybe you might want to kind of redact that to any version apart from the cast of Glee, because they don't really do so much with it. Um, but anyway, yeah, the first Noel, that's your second pick. Let's move on. Um, this was a bit of a discovery to me. There's something I hadn't heard before. David Phelps, Oh Holy Night. And you've gone for a live version of this. So this is a live version of, again, another Christmas classic by the Texan gospel singer who I'm not familiar with. So, Mark, who is David Phelps other than how I've just described him? Did you get to Google it at all or check it out on YouTube? I did. Yeah, I did. It's, uh, you know, I kept on researching. Oh Holy Night probably took the longest of the arrangements to put together for the Christmas record because there's so many different versions of it. Mm. I would take a, a chord change from this version and, and a lyric from here and, and you know, to try to um, incorporate all the cool ideas that I heard into one arrangement. And um, I kept on seeing this David Phelps gentleman singing the song and it always came up as one of the top searches. But I might have listened to like 30 seconds of it and then turned something else on. And then one day I'd listen to the whole video and by the end of it, um, it blew me away. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things like just if you're going to watch it, make sure you watch to the very end because mm -hmm. when he starts hitting his high tenor notes, it's incredible. Like you, um, there's a lot of reaction videos to that performance and you see people just losing their minds over the notes he hits. I could, I could say he's, one of the world's best tenor vocalists um and there's a there's a comparison of uh folks doing i think oh, it might have been oh holy night and they go from there was some old swedish tenor that was one of the most revered singers of all time and then you had uh i think there's like seven or eight of the most Pavarotti's and all the big most famous tenors of all time and to me david phelps sticks out as probably the I mean, 
sounds like one of the best to me. I mean, he's absolutely incredible and he's still touring. And, um, I almost wanted to reach out to David Phelps and ask him if he would come join me for the performance we're doing on the 16th and, and do whole, whole holy night with me. And, uh, it just turns out he has a show the day before in North Carolina. So I don't think it would work out. Yeah. I mean, I watched the version of it. I think there's a couple of versions that I saw, but the one I watched was from around 2007. Does that sound about right? Is that, uh, the one that, I, the one that I loved was the one where you have the, the huge, um, or uh, you have the uh, choir behind them sitting yeah. down and like 40 people in the choir and they don't sing throughout the whole song until the very end. Mm. And then when that happens, the whole play, it's just, it's explodes. Yeah. That's the one, that's the one that I watched. So you've got this really, really beautiful piano part for the most of most of the song. And again, the, the guy, whoever's playing the piano is just going, he's kind of diving up and down that, that, that those keys and it's brilliant. And yeah, you're right. I mean, I had no idea who David Phelps was. His voice is absolutely unbelievable, unbelievable. And then that bit where that you're talking about, where the choir comes in and you get to the end and everything comes in, it's almost. I almost found it a bit overwhelming. Do you know what I mean? I was like, "Wow, this is too much to even comprehend on the first listen," because it is just so stirring and emotional. It's yeah, it's it's incredible, really incredible. It was. Like I said, when I was researching it, I was on tour. And I remember it was after a show. I had the headphones on. I, I think we had just checked into a hotel or something. It must have been 2 o'clock in the morning. And I'm doing my research for the record. And uh, it was one of those emotional things. You see it and you're like, wow, this is, it hit me deep, you know, when I, when I heard it. And, uh, you know, it's, and, and him being surrounded by this, almost like a church kind of crowd. And they're all just like, you know, they're so fired up about it. Um you could only imagine being in that room when that performance happened. It was, uh, so I, I want to, you know, I, I've since Googled him and seen when he's toured and he hasn't come anywhere near me, but if he's ever around, I'm going to go check him out. Cause he's, uh, really phenomenal, you know, and here in the States, there's a, a vocal instructor back when I was trying to originally sing years and years ago, I ran into this. I don't even know the name of it, but it's in New York and it's, at a, it's one of the biggest, um, vocal schools in the country and the guy who runs it um actually thinks david phelps is he says david phelps is his favorite singer so i was like well well you know we must be on to something here if i if i think it's absolutely incredible and this guy who's got the biggest vocal school in the country is you know all over this singer this this, this guy must have something he really does he's quite an unassuming looking guy as well do you know what I mean? Like when he yeah. first started singing, I was like, oh, he just, you know, he sort of comes on, he's wearing a normal shirt and normal, you know, pair of trousers. And I was like, oh, he just seems like quite a kind of normal looking, normal, normal haircut. He's not, he doesn't look like a rock star. He doesn't look like a big kind of, you know, like meatloaf or something. He's just a really kind of quite unassuming looking guy. And then his voice comes out and you go, Jesus Christ, where yeah, did that come from? Yeah. 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 If you do the deep dive, he's got, you know, he, um, you know, I've seen some interviews with him, and and uh, I think people ask why why didn't you try to be a pop star, or do the rock and roll, or anything like that. He's like, ah, he's just happy being a worship singer, and that's his that's his that's his gig. He's very good at it. Yes, thank you, Mark, for that. Is a very good recommendation. I I really really enjoyed that. I was like completely blown away with it. It's the only of the sort of, of the, the five you pick that I you know I didn't know him as an artist at all, and yeah, it was really good. Um. Let's move on to your next pick. I think everybody will know this one. 
uh, Nat King Cole or Mel Torm. Is it Torm? Tormay? Tormay. Yep. The Christmas Song. So it's a 1945 song written by Mel Torme, who I don't really know much about Mel Torme, but I, I believe his nickname was the Velvet Frog. Well, yeah, Mel, Mel Torme was, um, he's an amazing singer. You know, he's, uh, imagine, imagine somebody a little jazzier than, you know, you have the, you have the crooners and then Mel Torme was a little jazzier, a little more, um, sophisticated with his note choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just absolutely incredible. Uh, and a very intelligent guy. When you hear him talk, he's just a very sophisticated musician and, uh, knew everybody you know he he knew about you know when you watch his interviews he's just so uh in the know with everybody that's that's ever saying and uh just a genius so he wrote that song i didn't even know he wrote that song until i did this christmas record i thought somebody wrote it for nat king cole Mm. yeah me too Uh, so uh you know that was that was an intimidating one for me to do on this record because it was such a revered song and nat king cole is just such a legend and you know, I tried to do the Sinatra thing, but the Nat King Cole thing was something different for me. So I, I still tried to to phrase it like he did and, and put this the same mood that, that he did. But he's pretty much untouchable. Yeah, I mean, that kind of iconic video of him, just kind of one camera on him in black mm-hmm. and white, him in his suit in front of the fire, kind of directing it straight into the camera. Uh, it, it, it's it's so great it's so classy it's so christmasy so nourishing and kind of lovely as a piece of music do you know what i mean it's so kind of evocative of everything i think that like christmas music should be and you watch that and it's it's less than two minutes it's well it's, it's about two minutes long that song isn't it that kind of that famous version yeah. of him doing it yeah depending on depending on what you do with that bridge section how, how long you let that solo section go i don't know how long ours is but uh yeah, it, I couldn't see anybody arguing that's not that's not one of the most iconic, you know, classic Christmas songs of, of all time. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. His version is certainly, I would say, with all due respect, Mark, the most iconic, the most kind of definitive yeah. version of it. You've done it very well. But um, <laughs> he's not the only person to have done it since. So the likes of, again, we'll go through some of the covers of it. Have you heard the, the well, Bing Crosby did it, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Doris Day has also done it as well. I don't know if you're familiar with that version. That one. Okay, fine. You're surely familiar with the Frank Sinatra version? I don't think I've heard that. Oh, really? Okay. You. Okay. I mean, it's it's good. I still think... You know why? It's, you know why? When I did when I uh, did research for this record, I didn't go any further than that King Cole's version. Mm. That's the only version to, to pull from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the Jackson 5 did it as well. It's uh-huh. it's all right. Ella Fitzgerald did it. It starts to go. The, the Carpenters did it. I think the Carpenters uh-huh. version is actually quite good. Luther Vandross did it. And then there's a slight dip in quality, I would say, with Justin Bieber, uh, NSYNC. Celine Dion's version is too much. That You know, I think the subtlety of that song is what is great about it, right? Celine Dion does over egg it quite a bit. Uh Camila Cabello and Nayo have also done it as well. I'd say probably cut yourself off after Luther Vandross if you want to see different versions. But you are right, there is only it's one of those songs where you think you 
you, you kind of want to hide into nothing by covering it, right? Because you're never going to hit that Nat King Cole height. Oh, and like you said, you can't overdo that song. You almost have to, you almost have to track that song first thing in the morning or last thing at night after having some drinks and just you're relaxed. You know, that's that's not a that's not a big boomy song. Like that's a sitting in front of the fire, quiet. Mm. That's why when we recorded it, we just did a four piece. We just had bass, drums, piano, vocal, and it's just as chill as we can make it. Is it hard to get that balance right when you're doing a vocal like that, where you kind of think, well, I have to, it has to sound, you know, kind of emotional and, but then also effortless and it's kind of got to be quiet, but it's also got to be pitched really. Like that feels like it's almost harder to do than doing a big kind of booming, like raw sort of, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, you know, that actually turned out to be probably my favorite vocal on the record. That was one that I really focused on a lot before going into the studio. I wanted to be real. I want it to be real in your face where you could hear every little breath and uh you know it's just a um very exposed song you, we took all the brass out you know it was it's you know there's an alto sax in there but um other than that it's just stripped back and a lot of just leave a lot of open space don't overproduce it let it be it what it is and um that song's got to sound sincere it can't sound like you're overdoing it at all mm. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a classic. The Christmas song by Nat King Cole, absolute classic. Your last pick is, I figured you might have a Sinatra song in here. Uh, you've gone for Ave Maria, which was first recorded live, I believe, on one of his radio broadcasts in 1944, then put on mm. the Christmas songs by Sinatra album, which I don't think came out until 1994. This must have been floating around for years before it was put onto a specific Christmas album, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, you know, I just came across it as I became a Sinatra fan. Mm. Um, I, I did the deep dive maybe four or five years ago, but um, that's that's one of those songs that, that would be such an awesome challenge to tackle, doing it in Italian. You know, it's... Uh, what's more what's more epic than ave maria you know that's that's an emotional incredible epic journey that tune so and i think frank sinatra pulled off singing in italian perfectly mm. and uh, a beautiful song i mean if anyone was in any doubt whatsoever that frank sinatra was one of the greatest vocalists greatest singers of all time this is an I would say this is close to a flawless vocal that you would ever hear. And when you think, again, you know, recorded in 1944, there can't be, and recorded live in 1944, there can't be any, oh, a tiny, tiny, maybe little kind of touches to it afterwards, but probably, probably that is probably what it sounded like, I, right? I would say almost 100% that that is one raw take mm. of what he did. When you, back then... Frank Sinatra did not like singing in an isolated booth of any kind. He wanted to be with the band. So when you had that huge symphony and, and orchestra or, or um, choir with him, if one person messed up, you're going to hear it. You can't just, you can't get in there and technology wasn't there back then. What you record is what you got. You know, there's no pro tools back then. There was, um, you know, um, that that's what's so beautiful about it. It was done right the first time. And, uh, you know, we tried to keep that in mind when we did the um, the first uh, Sinatra record we did. You know, the band's 
take was one take, you know, that wasn't, there was no punching, you know, that makes it sound much more, uh, much, much better. It's not overproduced. Mm. I mean, I, I just find that like completely incredible that you would struggle to get a, a vocal performance with all the pro tool trickery and stuff from someone like that today you'd imagine like you, oh. you just go how how did you like how could anyone sound like this i mean we talk about you know kind of david phelps sounding incredible i think sinatra's performance on this is just it like stops the blood from like i felt like every molecule in my body just kind of froze while i was listening to it it's unbelievable it's unbelievable i'm on my same page you know the ones that blew you away the ones that blew me away yeah so good so good so um there you go. Just a little recap. Mark's top five favorite Christmas songs are Donny Hathaway This Christmas, any version apart from the Glee version. Um, I'm going to say that for you. The First Noel, David Phelps' Oh Holy Night Live, Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song, Ave Maria by Frank Sinatra. Um, before you go, Mark, thought about doing a volume two of this? Is this going to be a kind of annual, biannual thing for you, Christmas songs? I would love it. You know, it's... Um... It probably wouldn't be next year, but you know, maybe the following year. You know, mm. if people if, if people ask for it, I'll I'll do it. So I'm going to put this out there to you while I've got you for another few minutes. Um, were you to do a second uh, a second volume of this, have you ever thought about maybe doing a few more contemporary ones? Because a lot of my favorite Christmas songs, although I kind of I really do I like the classics, I think there's a lot yeah. of good contemporary pop songs that you might want to tackle. Um, so I've got a few suggestions. I don't know yeah. if you. Uh, Fairy Tale New York by the Pogues. I mean, today we've just lost Shane McGowan, R.I.P. But I think Fairy Tale New York is one of the great, greatest ever Christmas songs in my mind. I don't know if you would. I've heard it. You've never heard Fairy Tale New York. Oh. You know what? Get out my pen and write it down right you've, now. Oh, you've got to hear Fairy Tale New York. Oh, that's an all-time. That is a beauty, an absolute beauty. You need to get some kind of female vocalist wow. to do Kirsty McCall. Yes, do do that. Wow. Promise me you'll do that because that is an absolute, yeah. that's my favorite personally. It's brilliant. Absolutely. Okay. Um, Last Christmas by Wham. I couldn't pull that one off. <laughs> not even gonna, Not even any attempt, any desire to do that at all. I, I couldn't, you know, it's... Uh... Yeah, I don't think I could. I don't think I could pull that one off. Okay, fine. All right. Um, I don't know how big this was in America. Do they know it's Christmas by Band Aid? You know, feed the world. Do they know it's that? Was that big in America? That would that would be one you'd have to do with with multiple singers, just like it was done originally. You know, okay. you'd have you'd have to get a team of folks together. I mean, you've got connection, surely, haven't you? You can do. You know that. what? I, I, a couple singers, maybe uh, maybe two or three. All right. Yeah, so we'll put that in the maybe pile. Um, Paul McCartney, Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. I don't know if I could pull that one off. You know, I thought about that one or um, um, they did one more. I forget the other song. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I it just didn't, it, I like the song. I like the way he does it. I don't think I'd like the way I, I did it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't strike me as a very McCartney, a very McCartney e singer. I probably John Lennon would have been a better fit for you. I would have thought if you're doing, you know, "War Is Over" by John Lennon, that would probably have suited your voice better. I, I guess. Well, I love I love McCartney's uh, sense of, of melody. Yeah. Um, 
you know but uh yeah i've never covered any beatles tunes um i've always respected them but it um but that song in particular i just don't think i had i i could do it justice okay fair um i'm gonna throw a few uk centric ones at you that i'm wondering if they've crossed over to the us so we'll see the first one would be walking in the air by ali jones did you have the snowman cartoon in the u.s at all with david bowie at the start of it i don't think so okay so it's quite high it's kind of so ali jones was a, a choir boy and he's saying we're uh, walking in the i can't i've got a bit of a sore throat but it's he did it when he was about nine so you might have to kind of change the pitch and stuff but it's it's a lovely soaring kind of orchestral number we're flying in the moonlit sky what? ali jones walking uh, in the air uh, right right write it down if you can hit those notes i mean yeah might have to drop it a few steps but i don't know how 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 high your voice goes mark i don't know if you very, can not very high not, you know you know the notes i hit in uh oh holy night and uh first noel are about about as high as it goes but before it starts breaking out okay right well that might be a bit of a challenge um did you have shaking stevens merry christmas everyone in the u.s how does it go snow is falling all around me children playing having fun tis the season oh. love and understanding merry christmas yeah. everyone i didn't do... need to do a christmas record <laughs> yeah oh wow i'm i'll put myself forward to to do that one <laughs> if you might basically shaving shaking stevens was like the welsh elvis over here oh, gotcha <laughs> <laughs> Never, never even heard of it. Okay, you're not missing much. I wouldn't write that one down if I were you. Um, Cliff Richard. Is Cliff Richard big in the US? He's like the king oh. of Christmas over here. No. Okay, so again, Cliff Richard is sort of like an, our British knockoff version of Elvis. And he's still making records into his 80s. He's just had a new album out this, like last wow. month. He's 83, I believe. And he still tours. Awesome. Yeah. And he's got a song. He's got two, really. Mistletoe and Wine or Saviour's Day would be his big. But he was number one at Christmas in when I was growing up every year in the 80s for about uh, three or four years running. So, that's that's weird that uh, that it didn't cross over to the States. Well, you say that. It's kind of, I mean, I think you guys had Elvis and you had Andy Williams. Do you know what I mean? You've got, and you had Bing Crosby. You didn't really need a kind of pasty, pudgy british version of that really so i can i get it i get it um and the last one i know you're not gonna know uh stay another day by east 17 no okay they're a boy band you're right to not know it it's not really a christmas song it just got to christmas number one and i argue with people every year and i say it's not actually a christmas song they just put bells on it and then they it got to number one at christmas but again so there you go i mean i think that fairy tale in new york shaking stevens that, favorite. yeah Ali Jones, check them out. And, yeah. you know, if you do happen to do another Christmas album in 2025, mm. hit me up. It's probably, you know, there's probably <laughs> again, the record, you know, there's only, there's one contemporary Christmas song that came out a few years back that I love. Um, and I think it's John Legend and Carrie Underwood. Um, I think it's called Hallelujah. Mm. I know the chorus says Hallelujah. But, um, when that man when that chorus kicked in i was like i'm hooked immediately i had to it's one of those songs that when it came on i shazammed it and i played it 19 times after i heard it i liked it so much yeah 
I've heard that. It's good. Yeah, John Legend's yeah. done some... John Legend, to be fair, as a sort of contemporary Christmas... I mean, I, th- I suppose Michael Bublé's... Are you... Are you ju- do you feel like you're duking it out with Bublé? Michael Bublé, he's like pretty synonymous with Christmas over here. Yeah, no. Bublé's definitely got his... Uh, I mean, he's one of the biggest known crooners out there. You know, he's playing... When he came to Orlando, he was playing the arena, so he's doing something right. He's he's killing it. Yeah. He's... he's yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's he's pretty big over here as well. Um, but yeah, I think... I love um, um, My Funny Valentine. Oh, right. Okay, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, okay. He does a, he does a lot. He comes over here and Buble does a lot of Christmas stuff. And uh, I think he's, he's on a bunch of adverts at the moment. So yeah, he, he's very popular here. But do you know what, Mark? I would take I'll take your Christmas album over, even over the Cliff Richard album that came out last year. I can't... All right, cool. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can't pay it any higher compliment than that. Um, good luck with it. And again, uh, if you want to give people, if people want to kind of get the album and learn more about the charity, give them the the place to go, the the, the kind of email, the the, the site. Where, where would people go if they want to hear more about the, you know, the kind of reason for all this coming together? Yeah, uh, TremontiSingSinatra.com is kind of the hub for for that. Um, the Christmas record, if you just type in Mark Tremonti Christmas Classics New and Old, it will come up anywhere um it's streaming everywhere uh maybe guy should know this but maybe marktremonti.com i would hope if yeah. you went there you could but the tremonti sing sinatra that's where all the charitable stuff goes mm-hmm. um and uh you know all the live shows are, are go to charity as well lovely but stuff the... all right great well mark thank you very much for coming on enjoy your christmas and um Thanks. You know, happy Christmas to you and yours. Have a lovely new year. And might we be seeing you in the UK in 2024? Um, it's kind of up in the air. We've got a lot of US tours throughout the next year because we're, um, we're doing a lot of Creed touring. Mm-hmm. And Creed never really, uh, you know, busted through the market over there. So it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. It would be great. We'd love to get over there. All right. Lovely. Well, if you if- do... I'll be over there with Tremonti uh, for sure in 25, but uh, maybe 24. Who knows? All right. Great. Well, lovely. Okay, mate. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I appreciate that. It's been cracking chatting to you. Have a lovely Christmas and a merry, a happy new year. You too, man. There he is. That's good news, isn't it, Gaz? There will be no Creed UK tour. You're happy about that, aren't oh, you? I can breathe again now. Oh. Well, oh, I don't know. Well, <laughs> we, we, we've always got um, Godsmack, I guess. So we've always got. Who are, I mean, who, what, who who are, always got as, as as it is common knowledge, they are the greatest band and better than the Beatles. So definitely better. Than who, the knew? Beatles, the who knew? Who oh, knew? I learned. Yeah. I learned something today. I'll tell you that. Oh, University you of Life. Oh. Certainly did. <laughs> oh, good. Anyway, it's Christmas. Let's be nice. Um, so. There you go. That's March Monty's five favorite Christmas songs. But we wanted to know, or you probably do want to know, the old box ABC game, which is proving to be a, a, a popular format that oh, we've the kids invented love it. here. People, well, the kids absolutely can you, can love you it. Copy, can you copyright this? I should. We, you should, I should we could have we could have board games, apps, merch. Yep. Oh fucking those swimming in a Luca. Swimming in those it. Da- what are those like um, phone cases. Sort of, 
No, the phone <laughs> games that you play, like, oh, you play Raid Shadow Legends, like every fucking YouTube video sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. It's uh, just like, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, it could be our, it, it could be our, mugs. Yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the ABC game. box game oh, for things. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Download now. I'm putting the code punk true cup pop into there to get twenty percent off. Tell them that I sent you. Don't spell it wrong. Don't forget Don't the V's. Don't forget the V's. Don't I'm forget the V's. It's difficult. Don't forget the V's. No. Uh, Right, okay, so box ABC game. Just a little remember a reminder, I should say, of the rules of this game. So box A is get it away from me. This is not Christmas. You've turned me into the Grinch. Uh, No, I don't want a mince pie. I'm converting to uh, uh, Buddhism. That's a nice one, isn't it? Buddhism. Yeah, Buddhism. We're going to become a Buddhist. Uh, no more a, Christmas for me. Become a Muslim. You could become a Muslim. They don't celebrate Christmas no. either. And box B is, yeah, go on then. I'll have a, I'll have a little glass of mulled wine I'll have if a quali- it's on. I'll have a quality streak. I'll have then. a couple of quality streaks. Yeah. I'll watch the Father Ted Christmas special. But apart from that, yeah. I don't want to make a fuss. I don't really want to make a fuss. Box C is... Get that turkey on. Get the Gavin and Stacey Christmas playlist on. Get Put that, that paper hat on. on me. Get me pulling a cracker with my nan. Yeah. Get me underneath the, the, the stocking, underneath the mistletoe. Yeah. Hand down the stocking. That's on the wall, by the way. It's not the person who's wow. under the mistletoe. You should be do that there for a minute, mate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Get, do be consenting. Get me, do be consenting. Get, do, yeah. get me rocking around the Christmas tree. Get me dressing up as Turbo Man. The double man doll. Come on, Jamie. Put the cookie that, down. I love it. I love it. So like, I've adapted the game. You might have realised yeah. what I did there is I adapted the, oh, the rules of the game to make it a bit more festive. Like it's it. a fun time of year, isn't it? Definitely. Oh, so mad time. Oh. We're going to be doing the old ABC game with Christmas songs. Before we get started, Gaz... Yeah. Quick yes or no, and then we'll delve into the minutiae of your answer. Yes or no. Christmas okay. songs, mm-hmm. good or bad? Yes or no? Broadly speaking, Christmas songs, yes or no? Christmas songs, yes or no? Yes. Yes. But I, so I'll put a caveat to that in, right? I'll say yes because I haven't worked in retail. <laughs> Where, mm, well, they basically I started on October the 14th, I believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, just, you know, yeah, just like that. the poor people that have, that have to work in, well, you know, insert shop here. Um, but I suppose, it, to be honest, I could, I could see it being even worse if you work in like, I think if you work in like, in like a Tesco's or something, actually, I don't think, even think they fucking play music in like the big superstores anymore. I don't, don't think, know. but I'm, I'm talking about like like a smaller shop, like like say like I mean, like a Tandy, Burton. yeah, to Burton's or Tandy. I'm glad that I'm glad that I was more updated. I was more kind of nearer now than you. Neither of them <laughs> exist anymore. No, so, true. You know, no, very true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the kind of little stores, um, yeah, where you know it's pumped through, or like people who work in a co-op. Where it's you know yeah. it's the same. I've five got a co-op. Songs. Yeah, I've yeah. got a co-op, and they don't have they don't play music in my co-op. Oh, okay. I quite like it. I mean, I tell you what though, when I worked at London Dungeon, I used to have to stand on the door for like a two-hour shift and be like, Ugh, people. In Halloween, they 
Yeah, you with the face. <laughs> yeah, that. I mean, that like, you, man, you, man. Hello, man. And um, I would do that for about two hours. And they, uh, Halloween, from basically from kind of toward the end of September through to about the second week of November, they would play This Is Halloween from The Nightmare Before Christmas on loop. That song is only about two and a half minutes long yeah on loop so in two hours oh, you mate. probably heard it god 100 times 150 times it was yeah. fucking oh unbelievable couldn't they couldn't they just intersperse it with like i don't know halloween by the dead kennedys or halloween yeah. by the misfits AF, or afi afi you know just just it something didn't. it didn't it was no pure pain i hated yeah, that song I by could, the end of it I but can see that. don't mind it now so anyway yeah i think Christmas songs, yes. Yeah. I tell you what I am going to say though, right? We've we've got enough. It's my belief. Like we're not going to go into because okay, so on Spotify, so basically we're taking the Spotify Christmas Crackers playlist. Is it is it a picture of Noddy Holder? It Probably, is uh, pulling a cracker with it's not it, it's Wham actually and oh, okay. uh, George Michael's dressed as Father Christmas with some presents Andrew Ridgely God love him is dressed as a reindeer and yeah. that is the better it, Andrew Ridgely dressed as a millionaire playboy <laughs> yeah and that is the better one because it doesn't have like Justin Bieber doing oh, good sleigh God. rides and no. stuff like that and I just think they're like right. you don't we've got all the Christmas songs we need now yeah. guys and we don't need any more and we certainly don't need you like the person who came third in American Idol doing all I want no. for Christmas because you can't sing it. We don't no. need any more no, new ones. Don't. don't need like this well, Sia. Like fuck off. Just we've got them. They're done. Finished. Were, were, were you like me when you were younger? Right. I mean, I, I was used to love listening to the Top Forty Countdown, Bruno Brooks or Mark yep. Goodyear or whoever. Right. But I used to particularly look forward to the Top Forty Countdown the Sunday before Christmas. I used to oh, love big time. it. Big I used time. to fucking. When was the last time? You listen. You remember? Because I can remember it specifically the last time I, I listened to it. And because of what happened, I never listened again. I think the last time I listened to the chart in earnest in any way would have been when Rage It's Machine got to number one in 2009. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I listened to kind of, you know, the, the, the top five kind of countdown. Um but the last time I actually listened to like the top forty properly would have been Christmas two thousand and three, because we all thought the darkness was going to get to number one and it was going to have a big fuck off celebration. But here comes Gary, Gary Jules. Here comes Gary fucking Jules. Well, mate, I hate to break it to you, but I actually bought the Gary Jules single. I do think that you're part of the fucking problem here. But well, no, looking back now, twenty twenty years, fuck's sake, I've just realised that. Um, yeah, looking back, it's a what is a glorious fucking cover. But it's not a fucking really Christmas. You know, it's you either have Christmas that or you, or you have a song that says Bell End and Ring Piece in it. Come on. Yeah. I mean, the thing <laughs> is, is that you, you, if you go back, like, I mean, I don't think we could probably, this is for another time, really, because yeah. there weren't many times where a Christmas song was actually number one at Christmas, no. into my memory. A17, not, not, a, not a Christmas song. So, no, we'll, you're right. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh. Um, I'm gonna, definitely going to get to that, mate. Don't you worry about that. Um, so, yes, I think Christmas songs are good. I think the classics are great. You know, I agree with Mark Tremonti, who you have just heard talk about the classics. Obviously, my definition of a classic probably goes about 30 years forward from his, admittedly. 
Um, yeah, the man didn't even know shaking Stevens gas. It's unbelievable, but like, well, um, do you know what? If he'd fucking toured over here more, he would have done exactly, <laughs> exactly. Mark, he should be coming over here. Uh, so let's get oh, into oh, it oh, then. Oh, the the um, all right, leave me alone, fucking top lad. Um, it's not his fault. Let's get into it with some of the big, big Christmas songs. Let's start with a few. Of the really, really big ones. Let's start, since we've already mentioned them, with Last Christmas by Wham. Box A, B or C for you, Gaz. Now, just to give us all a little bit of what what, what you think about it. A little bit of background on Last Christmas by Wham. It was, um, you know, quite famously kept off of the top of the charts by another Christmas song yeah, that he sang on <laughs> that, that he sang on that we'll be talking about in, in a little bit yeah. and by all accounts George Michael uh, so you know it came out in 1984 around Christmas time December 3rd it was released and yeah. it um, meant that George Michael actually donated the majority of the profits from this song yeah. to the the Band Aid so like, both of the top two uh, yeah. songs that year were making money for that charity and this is it- actually it's the biggest uh, selling number two hit of all time until it got to number one over the past few years. But yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, six times platinum, three point six million copies <sighs> sold. Ooh, massive! And there's a thing now, isn't there? This Whamageddon thing where you're like, oh, I don't want to mm-hmm. hear, I don't want to hear Wham, I don't want to hear it. Did you hear about that fucking guy who plays the records at the football ground? Yeah, that and was when play- Pompey played. Yeah, yeah, he played Wham, didn't he? And everyone was just showering him with abuse. <laughs> well, fuck that. You should pick a shit. I, I did see someone tweet like, going, can we yeah. at least pick a shitty song to not get played rather than one that people would actually that, like? That's I the mean, point. That's the point. It's trying to avoid a legit classic. Yeah, but why? Why would you want to avoid a well, classic? Well, I don't give a fuck. I don't, no, I don't, I don't take fuck. part in your little reindeer games. Yeah, stupid as fuck. Stupid as fuck. Yeah. Um... So for me, I'm going to say uh, it's box B for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think box B. I think the version of it I put in box C is the one you very seldom hear, which was the version that James Dean Bradfield did solo acoustic in the bar on TFI Friday. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was really good. That that beautiful tender version of it just sat Mm. on a stool. In the bar, um, that that must have been yeah, Christmas '96, I guess. It was, yeah, yeah, and it was it was beautiful, and I, th- I think it was released on that. What was it called? Lipstick traces, you know, that yeah, double co- like rarities. Yeah, it was on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. lovely version. And you yeah, never hear really, really that good. version, so it'd be quite nice to hear that version for a change. Would be quite nice to hear that version. I mean, yeah. obviously, that wouldn't make it into this conversation because no one has bloody heard it, unfortunately. But yeah. I'm saying box B for Wham because I think it's yeah, really great. Like, oh, it's, it's, it's it is uh, it's a beautiful song and it's a, a lovely little Christmas song. I think Wham, I love the video, has, man. The, the, I love the, the video. Is hilarious. Yeah, the hair. Oh the my! Hair. Do not light a cigarette anywhere near them. Well, I was going to say, careful with that fucking. If you're going to like pour brandy and then yeah, light that fucking fuck. Christmas pudding, <laughs> you're all going up. The whole place is going up. But <laughs> but I do. I re- I I really do like Last Christmas. However, I think maybe it's due to the fact that some people say it's Wham's best song. I have I'm, heard. I'm that. not. How fucking and, dare you? It's like how dare. What every everything she wants? Tell me you haven't better than properly that, better listened than freedom. to Wham without telling me you haven't properly listened to Wham. Yeah. Like not a chance. So Pricks. I do think you know there are better so- songs that I enjoy more as Christmas songs. 
um and it's kind of a, a little bit melancholy it has been ruined a little bit for me as well because you know when you hear somebody say a lyric and you can't unhear the lyric and i might be bringing a few of these up throughout yeah. this podcast to be honest um uh one of my friends sung last christmas i gave you my heart and the very next day you gave it away this year a cervical smear and now i can't unhear <laughs> fuck me I can't unhear a cervical <laughs> smear when I hear. So they stick that in your fucking whamageddon. And it is slightly oh ruined song for me. So there's a couple of things that have like tainted last Christmas for me. But it is great. Yeah. And when I when it comes, cause it's one of those ones when it comes on, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, fine. And then by the end, I'm like, ah, oh, it's good. This is good. Great. Yeah. So I'm going to box B it. I'm the same. Box B. Box B. It's gonna yeah. box A for everyone now. I've said uh, this year a cervical. Yeah, gross. Yeah. Fucking gross. You yeah. ruined it, you idiot. Yeah. yeah um, but very good. <laughs> very good. Let's go to the other one, which is a big, 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 big one. Released on the 29th of October, 1994. All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, Gaz. Now, Mariah Carey has tried to claim herself as some kind of saviour and deity and queen of Christmas in the aftermath of releasing this song which yeah. seems quite weird to me because my recollection of this song coming out I remember it coming out I remember yeah. Mariah Carey was massive I don't remember it it did get to number two it does in the UK singles I, chart but I don't remember this being a huge huge hit in 1994 it's only in the uh, years since that it's yeah. kind of the, the, it's grown in, in stature I feel no it has I remember being quite annoyed that it made number two in the charts because I remember that I remember the top three playing this day that Christmas um, chart obviously E17 was number one Mariah was number two at number three it was Whatever by Oasis which I generally I, I was really hoping that was going to be a number one I fucking love Whatever by Oasis mm. wonderful song mm. um, yeah and I just remember being particularly pissed off that more people bought uh, a, a novelty kind of Christmas song that you can only play what you know at one time of the year unless you're mental um, than you got to be really mental the, the yeah. most oh, the, the most Beatles-y song yet released by Oasis you know yeah I mean um, yeah I mean seven, to be honest it's now I think I, I think if you'd asked me 10 years ago I'd be like yeah box B now it's box A get it out of my sight because of all the fucking memes and all the fucking oh crazy videos oh look Mariah's thawing oh look oh here she comes oh it's Christmas oh here she comes and then you know it's just oh just just fuck off I'm not having this song I don't ever want to hear this song ever again I've grown to fucking despise it which is mad because you only hear it this time of year but mm. I'm actually just I genuinely loathe it now yeah, this is one of the things about Christmas songs, isn't it? Is that you, you, none of them should be in box A, really, because you should just go, I only yeah. hear them for about three weeks throughout the entirety of yeah, the year. Yeah, exactly. But yet, yeah, Mariah Carey, I mean, look, 14 million copies sold in the, yeah. in the US, 14 yeah. times platinum, seven times platinum in the UK, 4.2 million copies. I, I mean, it's a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, do you know what I mean? Lot. Like. It well, is. I don't understand lot. people that buy Christmas singles. I bought a few Christmas. Well, if you well, want the darkness to get to number well, one, well, no, well, I didn't know. That's the only. Yeah, but that's a different. It's different because it's the darkness. You know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, 
I think. But that's the only one I bought. But I think people, people would say that if it was Mariah. They go, oh, I love Mariah Carey, so I'm going to buy all of them. Yeah, I love, I love Mariah Carey. I fucking love Mariah yeah, Carey. So you, you would have bought that if you loved her that oh, much? No. Obviously, you don't love her as much. You don't love her enough, do you? No. Slagging her off that's, now. That's I'm going to put it in... <laughs> I'm gonna put. I am gonna put it in box B actually, because the yeah. thing is, right, is that it's undeniably a great song. There are so many covers of this. I yeah. think this is one of the things that also drags it down a bit. There are so many. There was a cover by somebody called. Oh, I wish I could find the the cover. Other McKel- versions. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, mm-hmm. There was a cover by that I saw on telly when I was listening to. It. Oh, there's a Glee cast. Michael Bublé has done it. You don't need that. God, Big time rush. Nice. Don't know who that is. Um, there is somebody else who's done it recently called like Fifth Harmony or something like that. And I'd n- I've never heard of him before, but I saw him doing it the other day. And they can't hit the notes. It's like Robbie Williams' cover of fucking um, Freedom by George Michael, yeah. where he can't hit the notes. It's like nope. you can't hit the notes, and you sort of go, "What in your mind has made you think?" oh, we should cover All I Want For Christmas Is You because the, the definitive version of that hasn't really been made yet. And if we just do it exactly the same, we're as good at singing as Mariah Carey, people will probably prefer our version. No, no, they no. won't. No, they won't. They and can't. so I think, you know, having heard a bunch of them, I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, as if anyone needs this. But I have to say, I had this, I had this playlist on today and it was all Christmassy. And at first I was like, oh, here we go. Mariah Carey, whatever. It is a really good song. It is a really, really yeah, Christmassy I mean, up, and it's upbeat as well. Like so many of these kind of croonery type, you know, not even croonery types, but kind of like you get so many like, um, b- like moribund, boring ballad songs from these type mm. of people. And I think it would have been really easy for Mariah to be like. And Christ was Christmas's gift to everyone. Do all that shit. But she didn't. She didn't do no. that. She gave us a fucking upbeat banger. And yeah. it ma- it makes it far more bearable for me, I would say. I mean, I mean, she's going for that kind of Phil Spector, kind of Renette's kind of sound, mm. really. Kind of like dating it, I guess, for the 90s. And in regard, you know, it, if you're looking at it from, from like that kind of point of view, it, it totally succeeds, you know. Mm. It's a wonderfully kind of up-tempo. Oh, and another reason it's in box A. Two words. Love actually. Fuck off. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, well, it's fucking, let's it, just it, put it's... love... Let's just create a brand new box called Box Z for just love actually as a film. And... Yeah. Uh, which I think love actually is maybe the most evil thing. Yeah. I've seen a Serbian film... And I, um, I have seen Irreversible. I have seen yeah. 120 Days of Sallow. I have seen Baze Moi. I have seen all of the Saw films. And I still think Love Actually is the most revolting Rep- example. Most re- reprehensible. Yeah. Shit. R- Richard Curtis just deserves to just die a really slow, horrible, long, painful death. It's like... And- and it's always this time of year I just start seeing fucking clips of it coming up on my Instagram video feed of like, you know, um, what's the name, Ikea Knightley going, I'm really pretty. It's, Fuck off. It's like, Go it's away. Like a, it's a, and the whole it's Rowan a, Atkinson bit where he's doing the ribbon with bloody Rickman. It's like, oh, oh, it's... It, 
Oh, I mean that's just shit. It, it, it's like yeah. oh. it's like Ed Gein wrote a rom com. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? It's fucking horrible. I mean, it yeah. actually is a horrible film. But anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk about love. Actually, no. Put that in box box Z at the bottom of the, the center yeah. of the earth. Rotting um, corpse. Fucking <laughs> awful. So yeah. yeah, box B for me. Um, box A. You sticking with box A, guys? Yes, absolutely. Fair. Diamond All right. Stamped. Um, in Britain, what was the gold standard year for Christmas songs. There's a very good argument to be had that it was 1973 where Merry Christmas Everybody by Slade and I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day by Wizard and and Elton John Step into Christmas They were all the same year. I didn't know that. That is mad, isn't it? That is mad. What year did the mud one come out then? I'd all be lonely. Let's check that. Lonely this Christmas. Merry Christmas, darling. Wherever you are. Oh. <laughs> um, lonely this Christmas by Mud. That must have been 92, 73. Uh, 75, that came uh, 75? Yeah. Did Glam was minute. done by then. It really Blimey. was, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. So, Merry Christmas, everybody, by Slade. Let's take that one first. Oh, I'm going to ask yeah. you which... I'm going to say, which one of your, uh, these two is your favourite? Oh, Slade. Because I fucking, yep. I love Slade. I grew up listening to Slade. I saw, like, this is this is absolutely fucking capital box C for me. Nice. I fucking, lo- I love Slade. I love Noddy Holder. Noddy Holder and Jimmy Lee are two of the most underrated songwriters that this country has ever produced. The, that run of fucking hits they wrote from like 1970 to like, I mean, even through to like, you know, the, the, the kind of the comeback they had in the early 80s when they were kind of adopted by the heavy metal crowd, but they replaced, mm. oh, they replaced Ozzy at like uh, Reading and just blew the fucking house apart. Um, I, fu- I, I fucking adore Slade. About, God, it must have been about 20 years ago now, I went to see a version of Slade um, playing Cambridge. It was, it was Dave Hill, guitarist, super With young. With, with with the well no he's bald as anything now and, you know, <laughs> he's still got but the teeth formerly of the hair formerly yeah. of the hair um, and, uh, and Don Powell the original drummer it was just those two and then they had the guy who looked exactly like Noddy Holder um, but it was so it was in December Doctor and the Medic supported fuck me they did a 20 minute version of Spirit in the Sky it was fucking embarrassing Christ. Um, yeah but Slade and it was fucking glorious they finished with Merry Christmas everybody they all come out dressed as Santa throwing the toilet rolls in the crowds and it was one of the most fu- fun times I've ever had with my clothes on yeah it was, it was fucking great and I adore this song I love everything about it and you're just waiting for the bit where Noddy goes, it's Christmas. Apparently he still gets that. People shouting at him in his face. Do you know how much he makes, him and Jimmy Lee make about three million every December off this song. I don't it's doubt it. Three million pounds every December they make off this song. It's outrageous and fully fucking deserved. Take my money, mate. You are national fucking treasures. And I adore Noddy Holder and I adore Slade. Boxing to- every time. I'm going to put it in box C as well. When I was growing up, this to me felt like the Christmas song. I don't think yeah. it does so much anymore, but to me it yeah. felt like the the Christmas song. Yeah. It was the most Christmassy of Christmas songs. Yeah. And 
it was the one that always got played at our school disco last when we had like at the end <laughs> yeah, of the school yeah. like, every time we had a Christmas party it was the one that you'd always see kind of coming back on top of the pops and stuff and you'd be like oh yeah yeah to give you an idea of like how popular this was right it got to number one it was the their last it was the last number one do you know it stayed at number one until February 1974 that's how big Slave were at the time they were as, as in this country as big as the fucking Beatles were around like Beatlemania it's like they were nine fucking weeks. huge nine huge. weeks a Christmas song in, do you know what right <laughs> so the the best Christmas film I think is is Bill Murray and Scrooge that's my favourite Christmas film right okay. so that's a box C for that fucking amazing mm. I love Bill Murray when I was growing up because I love Ghostbusters and I loved um, what else was he in like Groundhog Caddyshack Day. and stuff but it's before Groundhog Day because Scrooge was like 88 Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah. I remember going to my mum like, oh, I want to go and see Scrooge, go and see Scrooge, go and see Scrooge. And my mum, for, for some bizarre fucking reason, was like, so I, the village I live in, there's two towns either side. One yeah. is Basingstoke, which yeah. is the closest one. And one is Andover, which is not as nice, right? And yeah. Basingstoke, it's like, well, Basingstoke's lovely though. No, Basingstoke's a shit hole as well. Don't worry about it. <laughs> They're both rubbish, right? They're both crap. <laughs> But I was slightly more crap. And I said to my mum, oh, I want to go and see Scrooge. I want to go and see Scrooge. Can we go and see Scrooge at the cinema? It's a Christmas film. I want to see it. It's a Christmas film. And she was like, we'll go and see it when it comes to Andover. Like, so Andover had a cinema right. that had one screen, right? Basically, like had two screens. Yeah. Had a Canon Ooh. cinema, two screens. Yeah. And it had one shitty little screen in the Andover cinema, right? Yeah. Now, that was the year that Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out. Oh. Who Framed Roger Rabbit was yeah. in cinemas dominated cinemas right so yeah. andover it used to say in the, i used to get the andover gazette and look like what's going to be in the cinema this week and it would be who framed roger rabbit and it was who and it was coming soon scrooge and i was like getting a christmas and i was like oh mum it's going to be on soon surely and it didn't it didn't come on the cinema in andover scrooge until fucking fe- the end of february and my <laughs> mum was like oh, we're going to see it now right and it's i sat there and it was like a christmas film i was like it's not christmas anymore and even at like nine i did get a bit christmasy about it i did love it but i was always like why did we why did we go and watch this in february and i cannot for the life of me imagine somebody as much as i love merry christmas everybody by slade i don't think i would have gone down the shops on the 18th of February, 1974. People were gone. still buying it then. Do you well, of course like, they were. It, you know, otherwise, it wouldn't be number one. That's my point. Man. Why? What person went, I might go and buy that. <laughs> I might now now oh, I'm going to go and buy that now, Christmas now song. Gonna buy it. Now I'll, I'm going to buy I'll it. I'll play the long game. Oh, it's. I know what I'll get as a Valentine's Day present. <laughs> a Christmas seven-inch single. Like, it doesn't make sense. Right? It's so fucking weird. But, like, yeah. it is that good, isn't it? I suppose you would yeah. go, yeah, fuck it, go yeah, on and I will buy it. it. Fuck it. it. Ba- it's a banger. It's so weird. I mean, it's so yeah. weird, but it is It is a banger. It sold 1.2 million records yeah. here in the it's, United Kingdom. It, did, you know what one of the greatest things about it is? Obviously, it's a Christmas song, or, you know, it's called Merry Christmas, everybody, for fuck's sake, right? But there isn't a single kind of choir on it. There isn't sleigh bells. There is none of that. There is no kind of Christmassy, twinkly bits on it, right? And I think that's possibly why, because you go through all of the others, right, which we are going to be going through. They've all mm-hmm. got little twinkly bits in or sleigh bells or a children's choir, you know, things like that. The slave one hasn't. That's got nothing. It's just a straight ahead rock song. It's, it's true. Straight, that is true. It, I've never thought that before. It's a straight ahead pop yeah. rock song. That's why it's fucking still number one in, in February. 
because yeah. it was a Christmas song that wasn't well kind of maybe. a poppy you know it was masquerading as a you know pop rock song, I guess. I'm, 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 I'm looking for something. I'm really trying. To I think that I think I think that it's a good like a good um, uh, observation about the song. Yeah, yeah. But I think people I think people were like under duress yeah, to buy yeah. it at that point. Yeah, I, I, think, I remember yeah. when Wet Wet were number one for about ten weeks, and I got to yeah. the point where I was like, well, I might as well just buy it then. Because it's going to be number one yeah. forever. And we're all, you know, it'll be, I'll get arrested if I don't fucking buy it. And maybe <laughs> like, you sort of feel like under duress to be like, oh god, I got, got to buy it. Got to buy it. Um, yeah. It's a different story with I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, which I like, right? Yeah. Don't get me wrong. quite like it. Quite the like quiet it. Quite a bit annoys me. You would, you would think, you would think that this got to number two if Slade got to number one, wouldn't you? That's what you'd think. You would assume yeah. if he got to number four, peaked to number four. Yeah. Because it's not good. Be livid, wouldn't you? If you released this and then that fucking Slade song came out, you'd be fucking, you'd be like, oh, Really? Well, appa- apparently, two? apparently none of, none of them knew, like Elton John, Mudd and Slade, n- none of them knew that the other bands out of those three were recording Christmas songs. It was pure fucking chance. Like Slade recorded theirs, I've, I've read Noddy Holder's autobiography years ago, Slade recorded theirs in a heat wave in New York in like yeah, July. July. It was yeah. like it was like it was like 35 degree heat and they're all just standing there in their pants and vest singing this Christmas song. A really puzzled look. You know, another the, 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 yeah, the engineers and stuff who work an, in the studio. Another reason why Love Actually is a worthless, pathetic, awful piece of shit, because the first scene and it's already Christmas. He's recording the vocals for his Christmas song, which then a week later get like that's not how the record, the music industry works. By the way, I mean it's not the, it's far from the worst thing about Love Actually. But why are you recording your vocals on a song? And it's yeah. going to, what, it's going to be out next week, is it? No, mate, yeah. it won't be out till next year. No. Or you can maybe get it out ready for April. You fucking idiot. Like, pathetic. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's true. They all get, they're all going to get recorded around that time. Um, I yeah. wish it could be Christmas Every Day was recorded in August 1973. Also features yeah. the Stockland Green School First Year Choir. And I quite like it, but this it grates on me a little bit at this yeah, point. I wish it could be Christmas every day. Towards the end, I will say, if you watch the video, Roy Wood of Wizard uh, kicks a little girl. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> bit much, isn't it? Fucking hell. Yeah, chill out, mate. Kick a little ne- girl. What they say, never work with animals, never work with children. Yeah, or never mm. get work with children. Or, children should never work with Roy, Roy Wood, I would yeah. say. It's probably... Oh. Yeah. I actually nearly got in trouble when I was on Team at Radio because I went, hey, here's Roy Wood. <laughs> played this one. Roy Wood, another one of those 70s glam rock pedophiles. Uh, <laughs> and somebody went, went, no, he isn't. And I went, Are we, there's, no, if, there's no actual proof of that, but no. I'm just saying Slander. it. Slander. Anyway. <laughs> and someone got really annoyed, as as, yeah. as well they might. So, um, yeah, I think I Wish You Could Be Christmas Every Day is good but it does sort of grate on me towards the end when the uh, yeah it's a children's choir like children's yeah. choir even at christmas i don't know, like children's choirs full stop no i'm not that keen i really don't on, on them it's it's box a for me is it okay yeah i was never the massive fan and then I, i've never been a huge kind of roy woods fan i liked the stuff he was doing in because he was an original member of the, the the Electric Light Orchestra, Pray yeah. Silence, please. Um, <laughs> was it was it the, te, the ten? Was it one hundred five thirty eight overture? The one that Paul Weller ripped off the the Changing Man riff wholesale. 
Um, have you ever heard the don't, song that he no, ripped out of? Right, I'll I send you a link it. to it. It's okay. fucking outrageous. And they still don't get a fucking writing credit on the changing man. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't really like the, was it the move he was in? Flowers yep. in the Rain, like the, the first song ever played on Radio 1. I, I just, nah. And then, I'm not a massive fan of Sleigh Bells. And then, and then the, uh, the only bit I like in it is when he goes, okay, kids, hit it. I like that bit because yeah, he just sounds, he just sounds like, um, he sounds like, uh, what's his name? A step down son. Yeah. yeah. Some good brass yeah. on it as well. The old, the old sax sounds good as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Like but then it's, it's just, the, it's just the, the, the kids singing that in that high-pitched, squealy way that you always seem to get on 70s records. Like, was it, there's no one quite like Grandma and all that shocking mm. rubbish. Um, that was another massive number one. But yeah, nah, it's yeah, box A for me. Nah. Okay, fair enough. Don't like it. All right, here's a, a slight deviation from the massive, massive, massive ones. Driving Home for Christmas by Chris Rear, recorded in 1986, released on the 10th of December, 1988. Chart-wise, this yep. was, uh, you know, weirdly like, like not a massive, it got peaked at number 10. Yeah. Peaked at number 10, but has gone three times platinum here in the UK. Although saying that, it probably got released an endless, endless, endless amount of times over the yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I think, in fact, it, it's, its peak actually was in 2022 when it got to number 10. Yeah. So, um, you know, not amazing. Uh, a bit of a kind of low-key song. I have to say, the ver- the video that was, like, a, they did a new video for it when it was re-released in, like, 2007, 2008 or something. Mm. And the video they did, which features Lizzie Cundy, Keith from The Office, Lionel, <laughs> Lionel Blair. Oh, amazing. Gail Porter. <laughs> Oh, and wow. a load of other kind of C-list ce- British celebrities yeah. is hilarious <laughs> and unspeakably rubbish on every... Like, Chris Rea is not even I, in it, right? It how, can it be, how can it be rubbish fucking, if it's got Keith from The Office in? It is fucking rubbish. It is so shit. It's hilarious, but it is shit. Yeah. It is total shit. Like the best kind of cheesy yeah. mid-2000s Christmassy, like tacky fucking bbc2 shit right and (laughs) this isn't a good i mean this is a but i'm gonna say right it came today and i was like do i mind this do i mind it i don't mind it but i'm gonna stick it in box a because it just doesn't really do anything very christmassy to me at all really i don't need it i'm not sad if it if it left i wouldn't be sad wouldn't be sad about this at all nah can't quite believe what you've just been saying <laughs> it's fucking chris rear come on yeah, exactly yeah i love i grew up on chris rear uh i don't yeah. believe in guilty pleasures but if he had to you know gun to my head give me a guilty pleasure i'd probably have to say chris rear um i i adore him and i, I love the fact that when um uh krista and dave got to the auberge album when they were on 1991 on Pop Collaborate and listen, they both actually gave it a bit of a pass and I love that. <laughs> I was fully expecting to give it a right fucking kicking. Um, I I love this song, man. This is box C. It's, I love that kind of smooth jazz. Driving home for Christmas. 
I can't wait to see that. I love the what's the line? Top to toe in tail lights. Yeah. I love that. That is a good Cause, line. Because, you know, it's Chris Rea. You've got to get a driving reference in there, isn't there, isn't he? You know? He loves he, it. He, he loves well, the whole know. fucking thing's about driving. Yeah, I know, exactly. You know, he's like fucking Poundland Clarkson. Uh, but uh, less racist. Um, I, I, yeah, this is an absolute box C for me. I would genuinely seek this out. Um, yeah. Crikey. I, th- I think it's fucking glorious, but I, I've never seen this video that you, you gave have the hard, got to watch you this gave video. the hard sells to just you now. have got to you have <laughs> got right. to watch the video it is uh yeah. remarkable anything with um, keith in man you know under weaknesses you put eczema <laughs> yeah it's re- it's genuinely a very very weird very weird thing right here's one i spoke to much money about i've already sort of mentioned it let's do him uh shaking steven shaky merry christmas everyone Um, released on the 25th of November 1985 a number one hit single from everybody's favourite big jumper wearing Welsh Elvis double denim (laughs) did you know right so just just a quick factoid here it was originally lined up to be released Christmas 1984 but he got wind bottled it Mm. no well he got wind of Band-Aid and he was like well I'm not getting a fucking number one withheld it for a year Pussied out, ran away, coward. Imagine that, imagine that though, being the top three, the Band-Aid, Wham and Shaky. That's fucking, that would be ridiculous, wouldn't it? I'd be like, no, I want to get the fucking number one. Give me that fucking number one right now. I'll take fucking the on fucking guild off. Let him fucking starve. Buy my single. <laughs> All right, can you imagine? Arthur, Scar- Arthur Scargill. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> Oh. Yeah. I was walking down the street the other day. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, 1.8 million copies sold, three times platinum, went to number one. Has, I think, I'm going to say it again, love the video, love Shaky doing all of his Christmas stuff. I I think it's the, the scariest Father Christmas in yeah, the history of, yeah. he looks like he's going to eat your flesh, that guy, yeah, in the does. video. Um, but I do, I do, uh, I do like the song. I do think there's something like, Unlike the Chris Rear one, which is, you know, like a bit kind of downbeat and stuff. And it's nice. It's a bit like, it's cheesy, maybe, but it's a bit like. Maybe that's mm. why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this is so relentlessly upbeat and fun that I I actually will, I, I will seek, I would seek this out. It's stupid. It's cheesy, but it's, it's really Christmassy. I, I really like it. It's, it's a box C for me, for Shaking Stevens. Oh, fuck you. Well, I... I grew up on Shaking the Stevens. Me and like my my oldest mate, um, guy called Chris, he presents the um, music and film Save the world podcast. Um, we both grew up kind of like loving Adamant and Shaking Stevens, and then I kind of saw the light and heard Guns and Roses, and it all changed. You know? mm-hmm. But I I have such I I have a soft spot for way more Shaking the Stevens songs than you can probably even name. Right, I. I adore him, man. He, he's one of my building blocks for me falling in love with music, man. He's massive, massively important artist to me in my kind of really young years. And I, yeah, I, I adore this song. It's, it, it's boxy. Like, I mean, Shaky's actually done three Christmas songs. I, he, he did Blue Christmas in, I think, 82 or 83, the Elvis cover. Obviously, this, Merry Christmas, every, uh, everyone. And then my favourite Shaky Christmas song is from 1991. <laughs> which, hell. which was the best Christmas of them all. 
You want jaunty, I'll give you jaunty piano on the old Joanna. <laughs> Is this your favourite Christmas song? Ever? What this? What this? Yeah. No. Okay, fine. Good. But it's up there. It, it is up there. And I, you did mention I, it. You mentioned you had an odd one that was your favourite. And yeah, yeah, no, it's not. This is hardly odd. What is odd saying? Shaking Stevens. No, no, the 1990. Favorite. Having a Shaking Stevens Christmas song from oh, 1991 so, is odd. Oh, I see what you mean. No, no, yeah. but that's my favourite of the Shaking Stevens Christmas oeuvre. All right, good. Yeah, 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 yeah good. This Great. podcast will be 17 hours long if we go through oh, the entire... If we do this for every artist, you, you, yeah. it will be fucking... It will be like... You'll be listening to this like this I was when I was watching Scrooge at the cinema in Ando. Yeah, this is what they love, Steve. <laughs> this is what they fucking love. All right. Well, yeah, good box set. I didn't didn't know that about you guys. That's, uh, there that's you go. See, listen, there you go. All right. Here's another mm-hmm. massive one. Andy Williams. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Released on the 14th of October, 1963. There's not a lot of charting positions for it from the time, but over the, over the years, it peaked at number 21 in the charts in the UK in 2007. Peaked at number eight in the US in uh, 2011 um, and loads of other things as well. I got to, yeah, like 24 in 2016 here in the UK, 29 in 2018. It's getting in the charts every year, 17 in 2007. It got to uh, 2014, it was number 10 in the UK. Like it's, it's done well over the years. Basically yeah. it's done well over the years. And this is the first kind of old school, proper like swinging American classic sounding Christmas song that we have mentioned thus far. I'm going to say this sneaks its way because I think this is brilliant, this song. I think this is brilliant. Mm. This is a brilliant, like, bombastic, like, OTT ode uh, to, to the joyous nature of what Christmas is supposed to be about. And you've got you've got the thing that, you know, like, as Mark Tremonti was saying earlier in, in the show, those kind of crooners, they are the ones who kind of invented this form and they are the ones that you just go like yeah they're kind of the best ones I, I feel quite like all of those kind of old school ones i do have a real sort of soft spot for for, for this the only thing that dampens it's the most wonderful time of the year for me is the fact that every single christmas film since about 1992 has used this in a slow motion montage of when stuff goes wrong burnt the turkey as you're taking it out of the oven and then it's fall on the floor and the dogs run away with it it's the most wonderful time of the year arguing with your parents about the fact that you just knocked over the Christmas tree and has set fire to all the presents. It's the most wonderful time. Stuck in traffic in the snow when you're going up to the big snowball fight and you're trying to get to your, your auntie's house for Christmas and all fucking seven of you are stuck in the back of a car, but it's a big old traffic jam. It's the most wonder. It has become the most exhausting shit trope in films and it has done its absolute best to ruin this fucking song. If any of you are film directors out there and you're listening, particularly Richard Curtis, I can't oh, believe I lo- you have, can't believe you haven't done this. You probably have like, you know, a load of kids being buried alive, you fucking pervert. But <laughs> that's what you Allegedly. want to have in there. Yeah. <laughs> but, but please never, ever, ever use It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year in your like, you know, kind of, aha, ironic. He's saying it's the most wonderful time of the year. But look, bad things are happening. Yeah, yeah, we get it. We fucking get it. Don't do it again. Apart from that, love this song. 
it's all right. I'm, I'm oh, not, come on. It's all right. You know, I prefer other Andy Williams songs. Watch the girls go by. Yeah, we're not How doing. Do we're not doing that. We're doing it. Well, oh, okay. Oh, all right. I'm not allowed to add color. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You. can't do a fucking worst to best I of thought, Andy Williams. I thought we were going to be t- for the next half an hour. We're going to be talking about t- what's your top five Andy Williams albums. <laughs> yeah, you can't do Andy Williams, Andy Williams worst to best. Andy Williams on the live the anthology yeah. of Andy Williams. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm. I guess I'm. I'm not a massive fan of crooner Christmas songs, okay. which completely goes against what I just said about why I love the Chris Rea song because that is absolute crooner. But it's kind of, I don't know. It, yeah, that, like like this and like you know Bing Crosby and stuff like that. I'm just not. Nah, that's mm. that. That's not my wheelhouse, yo. All right. Well, we'll, we'll so uh, regretfully, it's box A. Box A, bloody hell. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's do something a little bit different. Uh, Jonah Louie, Stop the Cavalry. The anti-war song from Jonah Louie, released on the 21st of November, 1980. Or, as you might know it, this only got to number three. Back in 1981 when this came out. I read an interview with Jonah Louie. The reason I brought this up. Jonah Louie, this was about two years ago. I read a thing on the BBC website about Christmas songs. Jonah Louie makes £60,000 a year from this song. And yeah. has done every year since it's come out. Not which bad, I think is pretty fucking good. You like, you know, like that's an... It's not like a, a massive, massive, massive amount of money in terms of like if that's all you were to do. But it's gone platinum, sold 600,000 copies. It's actually my dad's favourite Christmas song. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's not very Christmas. It says quite a lot about my dad because it's not really very Christmas. I was going to say, all, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a more about your dad than uh, yeah. the actual song, really, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think if you don't listen to the lyrics at all and you just go, Wish I was alone for Christmas, like you go, Oh, it's a Christmas song, but it's actually about being in the trenches in World War One. Yeah, it it's is. Qu- it's quite a, quite Dark, a depressing, depressing song. song. Yeah. yeah. But it's good, though. I would put it in box B. That's awful. Really? Not awful. Box A. Surely not awful. It's, it's rubbish. And it's got sleigh bells. The ding, 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 ding. I always hated that bit, even when I was a kid. Ding, 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 ding. And then, you know, and then the bloody Hobus advert, bloody brass band comes in. <laughs> nah, I can't be ye bagum, uphill, down pub, and all that. <laughs> and see, Joe Louie, man, you know, you'll always find me in the kitchen at parties. That is a legit banger. That is a banger. Right? That is a, what a tune. Mm-hmm. And, you know... He, he, he could he could have written it. the best of Jonah Here we Jonah, go. Here we the go. Best of Jonah Louis. You know, but you know, to be honest, Jonah Louis could have written fucking, you know, Let It Be or A Day in the Life or something, and he'll only be remembered for Stop the Fucking Cavalry. I mean he's fine with it, you know, fuck, show him the money. I'm sure he loves January. January is his Christmas when the fucking <laughs> yeah. when the royalty checks when come, the PRS come through. check comes in. Here we go, lads. You know. Um but nah. Nah, I can quite happily never hear this one again. Fair enough. All right. It, yeah, we'll, nah, box we'll, A, fam. We'll stick in 1981 with Christmas Rapping by The Waitresses. I mean, another back two are only really known for one song. This song is four of their five most 
is four. Uh, they're top five songs on Spotify. Yeah. This is four of them. Their other song is Brilliant. I Know What Boys Like. That's the only other song. That's a good song. That's that good is song. a good song. This yeah. is little. <laughs> this is this is um. This is uh, uh Matt Stock's favorite Christmas song. Oh, really? You had to fucking say it now. Yeah. Why do you like it? This is my second favorite Christmas song. It's a good song. It was my second favorite Christmas song. Oh, you can still have it. Got to number forty-five in the UK singles charts. Yeah, that's how punk as fuck me and Matt Stocks are. Yeah, four hundred thousand copies sold, gold, and it has got you know it's. I'm having this in box C, mate. I think it's a fucking banger. It's an absolute rager. The, uh, I love the bit that goes da 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 Yeah, great. Spice Girls do a good cover of it. I did. I've not heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 fucking wonderful. It's it's so fucking like I don't know. It's it's got it's got like a like funk meets new wave coolness to it. I always loved it, and I love the fact it's it's one you don't hear as often as that top tier of Merry Christmas Everybody stock from Cabaret or, you know Merry Christmas Everyone all that kind of malarkey yeah. you don't hear this one that often but when I do hear it I, I love it honestly this is my second favourite Christmas song it's it's wonderful because again it's a brilliant song about Christmas the lyrics are about Christmas but the rest of the song does not sound like a Christmas song and I fucking love that and it's got a killer sax in it yeah, it's got a good. Sax, it's got a it? killer sax break. It's up there with like Identity by X-Ray Specs. It's like top tier saxophone action. Yeah, it is it's bloody good. Fucking glorious. I love it. I want to hear it now. Yeah, it's good. Well, we'll do a few more. I'm yeah. going to say chuck this one in here, and uh, I've got quite a lot to say about this. Mistletoe wine by the man, <laughs> the legend. You've heard me and Sam talking about him probably. He this doesn't week. like fat people. <laughs> mistletoe and wine by the one and only sir cliff sir cliff richard released on the 21st of november 1988 this was when cliff began his yearly assault on the the christmas charts i think she's cashing on christmas cliff richard he, of course he fucking he has the idiot it's what so, it's what jesus would have wanted it sold five hundred thousand copies got to number one in <laughs> 1988 and 1989, I think, apparently. No. Saviour's Day. Was no, that was one. 1990. That was 1990. So what his did he cri- do in the interim? Uh, in 1989 Christmas was his duet with Van Morrison. Whenever God shines a light on me. Yes. Which is hell. actually quite a good song. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm having <laughs> Saviour's Day as the gold. That is. Oh, the, that is a gold medal game. standards. Yeah. Open yeah, yeah. your eyes uh, on Saviour's Day. Yeah, but you know what the coolest it's thing about Saviour's Day was, don't you? Uh, the, the Wicker Man-esque not, video? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apart from the, even <laughs> more awesome than the Wicker Man-esque video with the all that going on swaying from yeah, yeah, one, yeah. What, one what, kid who what, cannot what sway fucking, in time with everyone else yeah exactly while Edward, Edward Woodward burns to a crisp in the background as the sacrificial virgin <laughs> no no the thing even more cooler than that about Saviour's Day is the fact it was knocked off the top of the charts by Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter was it I didn't by know Sir Iron of Maiden yep wow. I, Bring Your Daughter knock fucking Saviour's Day off I fucking love that as much as I want to shit on Maiden, have done for quite a while, they knock Cliff off the top. 
with the song so devilish that Brenia won didn't even play it during the top 40 countdown neither did Top of the Pops bloody hell well look going back to Mistletoe Wine is the big one I think right so I've picked it as for this um I think I weirdly want to listen to this. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it in box B because I think it's the the kind of the the second best Cliff song. But I do put it on every year. I put it on because it's funny. And I tell you what, yeah. again, the video is hilarious. Cliff hits oh, a big gong, and um, yeah. there's a choir boy singing at the end, and Cliff comes and stands yeah. near him. Uh, you know that thing like a little bit too get, close. Get someone, get someone who looks at you like get someone who looks at you like Cliff Richard looks at that choir boy in the in the Mistletoe and Wine video because he what is like you? he is like fucking absolutely his collar he's like getting so hot and bothered under the collar he wants yeah. to f- fuck that kid he really does he wants <laughs> to like look hell. that's what it looks like to me it's what it looks like to me that yeah. he wants to do some at least have a sort of rummage around inside his yeah drink some juice you know, juice and, you know his uh his chestnuts um bread, bread. but yeah do you know what mr tone <laughs> we joke Busting about that. cliff but there's, there, you know, like, this is a song from my childhood. I'll put it in box B because I'm aware that it's bum. But, you know. <laughs> it is, it is it absolute is bum. bum. Right. Christmas 1988, okay. Picture the scene. I get bought um, a hi-fi. Right. A little, little kind of MIDI system. You know, one of those classic 80s ones. Just, just plastic with the extra added plastic. Tape players that were shit yep. from day one. You know, crappy turntable on top. But I fucking loved it. It was my hi-fi. Mm-hmm. And I loved it, right? And that was for me by my mum and dad. Fucking rad. Um, obviously, obviously um, other members of my family had obviously got wind that I was getting a hi-fi. So one of my relatives, I can't remember. It was either my Auntie Barbara or Auntie Louise, right? From my mum's side. Hello, ladies, if you're listening to this, right? One of them bought me the top three singles of that week before Christmas, right? So I got the first records I got to play on my brand spanking new Iowa sound system was three seven-inch singles. It was Mistletoe and Wine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carly and Jason, especially for you, Rager, Rager. And the, the number three record of that week that they bought these three singles was... Suddenly, every part of me seems to know. Really? Every, yeah, Angry wow. Anderson, the Carly Jason wedding theme. I'm they were say, the, fir- they were the three singles bag. I was, yeah, at mm. best. <laughs> well, t- well, as Meatloaf said, two out of three. I'll take the Angry Anderson song. I'll oh, take definitely. that. Definitely. Oh, what a banger. Uh, but yes, so, mistletoe fucking wine. Why do I want to hear it? He's got a standing, yeah, really close, really uncomfortably close to that poor choir boy. And turning and, his collar up and looking at him like smoldering. Yeah, it's really yeah, odd. yeah. Like he's, he thinks he's, well, he's like he's like Christian Danny Zuko. And then when the guy, <laughs> when it, this choir boy walks off behind him, and he like looks at his bum as he walks off. He's like, yeah. what are you doing? Hiding in plain sight. Why did nobody Hiding go? Hiding in plain sight. Why did nobody go? Cliff, sorry, cut, cut, cut. cut. Sorry, Carlo. can you not like look at his, like look you've at looked at him bum. a bit weird. For, so <laughs> why don't we kind of keep that in? But you've just looked at his bum when he's walked. He's like a 12-year-old boy. Don't do it, that. Maybe I, don't do that. 
it's it's all about the breakdown though. It's, it, was it Christmas is love, Christmas is peace, a time for hating and fighting hating to cease. cease. And then cease. And he bangs and then, a gong yeah, like he's jumping dong, and, it, and it's like open that fucking pit up. It's just like, and it all comes in, and then and then you get the uh, silent nights, holy night. It's fucking bum, but it's box B. Come on, yeah, I let it in box it's B. Box B. All right. Yeah. yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> and it'll always remind me of that Christmas I got the fucking single bought for me. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, we'll always, fam. We'll always, we'll always have Christmas 1988. That's we true. will. Um, yeah. November the 5th, 2013. This is the newest one I'm going to do, and I'm doing it for a reason. Kelly okay. Clarkson, Underneath the Tree. Mm. Do you know this song? I do. Where are you putting it? Oh, Box C. It is... I- that thing I said at the start, there are no more good Christmas songs. Yeah, this There's is an one. exception to the rule. There's one, this is, and it's this. This, this is boxy, mate. I yeah. fucking adore Kelly. Brilliant. I adore Kelly Clarkson. I've got a bit of... I've always had a big crush on Kelly Clarkson. It's just, yeah, it's just... She's... Something about her, man. She's, she's she's just like... But just everything... But she's like the ultimate kind of Volvo-driving, all-American soccer mum. <laughs> you know she'd she you know i'd have the best night of my life with her and then she'd make me the best cookies as well for me to take home in a box as well do you know what i mean yeah and i'm it, not sure she'd be that happy with that to be honest mate but like oh, <laughs> you crack you're coming sorry, with me I, like, I no. just, yeah she put me over her shoulder yeah yeah oh fucking hell <laughs> you've somehow made that worse i can't believe I'm sorry. it you've I'm sorry somehow like you said something that was like a little bit offensive no, no. to some people. I said, I said she put she put me over her shoulder. Yeah, that's what I said. I know. You're okay. six foot seven. <laughs> you put me over her shoulder, the big beast. We'll go home, give her a shave. Like, come on, Gaz. No, like, what? Sorry, <laughs> I was just do lost you, in the Kelly Carson moment there. You like the song, Sorry. though. You like the I song. Really like, I really do like this song. Yeah, it I is really great. Like so it's fucking great. Yeah. It, got to it's, twelve in the in the UK. Seems well. I did it really, really though because it's well. just fucking streaming and it? it's just a number now. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. It, it's it's the one new Christmas song that I've heard that I'm like, yeah, yeah. You can come on in. It's pretty packed in here. Yeah, but we'll welcome, um, we'll, welcome we'll, to the club. We'll, Late we'll member. Just, we'll just shuffle Chris Rear out the door and, and you can come in instead. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, 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 I'm just joking. No. Jonah Louis can fuck off. All right, well, you shuffle Jonah Louie out. Well, no, he'll your... be all right, because you'll always find him in the kitchen anyway. Hey! <laughs> um, yeah, it's really right. good. Really, really great. I think it's an absolute yeah. banger, this. It's yeah, a boxy. It's like it's, it, it totally encapsulates all the shit that I thought was really good about Christmas songs back in the day. And yeah. it doesn't It doesn't really try to be, like, cool. Do you know what I mean? That's what no. I was like. I was listening to a Sia one today, and it was all like, Christmas, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, and then I, I open ahead of Christmas time, oh, yeah. No one, no one, needs, like, no one needs that no, in Stop song. trying to be cool and sexy at Christmas. Just be like... Just Christmas be isn't and, cool or sexy. No, it's, just a, be, har- it's a hearty, just fun, heartfelt, fun time. Yeah, be that. And this is that, I think it's really this good right and then some right good shout if, good a few more but let's cool. get this out of the way first let's, let's put this shit to bed forever okay stay another day by e17 mm. released as a single on the 21st of november 1994 it actually been out for a year before that 
because it was on their second album, Steam. Steam. Outside it's raining a bit, inside it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, although, actually, I'm looking at it now, and it says it was the third single from their second album, Steam. Now, it says yeah. Steam came out on October 1994. I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. Something's wrong here. No, 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 it did. Yeah, it did. The first album, uh, Walthamstow, was 92. So yeah, would have been nah, ninety-four. Okay. Well, let me let, let me let, yeah keep talking, mate. I shall fact check. That. Well, look around the world. Yeah, see now I'm looking at it, but this doesn't seem right, right? So basically, I knew. That, I mean, there's only like two months between this song coming out as a single and it being on the album. I got like I liked his seventeen, right? And yeah, I man. felt like I was all right, like in like all right, all right, everything's gonna be it all right. Be all I thought right. it was gonna be but I remember like I'm actually looking at the track listing for Steam and I remember I think I've said this before. If you there was a period where if you went into any charity shop on any anywhere in Britain, there would be at least five copies of Steam by seventeen in yep. that charity shop. Nineteen ninety four, mate, Steam. Definitely not. Yeah, okay, fine. All right, well, anyway, I bought Steam, right? And it's got Steam. Steam like a dream dream, never stop rising. And hold my body tight. Hold my body tight. Hold my body. We're now doing... It's got love, let it rain, let it rain. Yeah, it's got... Being around the world. There's no place like home. Good album. And it's also got... It's got love ain't nothing but a... Power. It's called MF Power, motherfucking power. power. Oh wow! Love ain't nothing. Let it all. Go. Oh yeah, and there's a song called Edgy. Track Three. Let it all go. Let it all go. Let it all go. We're gonna rock you. We're gonna rock you. Let it. It's like they're kind of ravey one. Quite yeah. good. Quite a good album for for the time. I have to say. I mean, I should probably yeah. go back and listen to it. Anyway, <laughs> stay another day, right? Yeah. Which would would have been recorded, you know, when the album was being recorded. The album version, which I bought before mm. this single came out and I heard this song and I was like, oh, I like that song. I oh, it's going to be released a single. And suddenly on the single, ding, 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 loads of yep. snow, loads of like them in big white puffy, puffer jacket, white coats, right? And I was mm. like, oh, that's weird. They've added, they've added bells to it. I, want, I wonder why, because yeah. it didn't strike me as a Christmas song. And then, when you look at the fact that it is written about the suicide of Tony Mortimer's brother, Ollie, yep. it was based on my brother's suicide and losing someone. What would you do if you had one more day with a loved one? It was all based on a conversation I'd had with my brother and I was trying to change it into a love song about the end of a relationship. Now, that has nothing to do with Christmas. Nothing. It wasn't composed as a Christmas song. It wasn't created as a Christmas song. It wasn't even fucking recorded as a christmas song there was a version of this song you could listen to that didn't have anything christmasy about it at all that had been out for a good month or so before it was re-released christmas bells were included towards the end of the song to appeal to the lucrative christmas singles market which is the most <laughs> familiar arrangement um that you hear right and you probably nowadays unless you have that old copy go to any uh, charity shop on the planet uh, there'll be a copy of steam there that will have the version of stay another day with no bells on and it not sounding anything like a christmas song whatsoever so i'm going to say two things about this number one is box c because i think this is a fucking brilliant song 
no joke right this is a mm. this is a really really good song it's the best song e17 ever did right it's a lovely no 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 it is it clearly is what's better than that the one with gabrielle and if you ever fall no. in love again now be ridiculous great ridiculous. song ridiculous. for starters so, that's better and that's not as even their best song that is better as if that is better than this. The fucking Gabrielle, if you've ever fallen in love deep, again. Deep, deep's better than this. Deep is not better than this. Rest upon my chest. Yes, it's it is. It's not better than this. That's it a is. mad thing to say. It's a bit opinions, opinions, all right? This, this, I'm, you know, I'm not putting it box A. I'm not going to put it box A. This is box B, lower box B for me. I, whilst I was, you know, Brian Harvey, bless him. There are moments in some of their kind of songs where he has got a generally a really fucking good voice. I don't like his voice in this song at all. It was a bit... I, people were like, oh, he's got a bit wet, you know. Yeah. Because they were known as a bit more of a bad boy band. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. You know, when you listen to like his, his voice in the intro of like, all right, that's that's a hell of a vocal performance, right? Yeah, it's quite... It's There's more soul to it. Yeah, yeah. But it, just, I don't know, it's just something about the don't you know we come so far now or the uh, when you are sleeping. It's, I don't know, it's, it's just a bit flat, bit wet. And uh, just the the, the cynical cash, cash grab of putting fucking sleigh bells on it is fucking unforgivable. That's unforgivable as far as I'm concerned. Well, look, here's what I would say about that. It's given them a longevity that they wouldn't have from any of the other stuff. I think they would have been kind of for, totally for longevity. About. There's only one of them left. Is it Terry? Yeah, but He's I mean, the they, only... they as a musical artist and their back catalogue. No one's listening to fucking, you know, apart from my girlfriend who does love them. <laughs> she might be going like, yeah, Deep's amazing. Look, I like Deep. I think All Right is brilliant. Deep is, is, yeah. is really good. Um, House of Love is a fucking great oh, song. But this yeah. is a gem. Yeah, version of, yeah, the version of West End Girls. <laughs> yeah it's better than Sleaford Mods version I'll, I'll yeah, give that, yeah, I'll right? give that. but I think this is a genuinely brilliant heartfelt excellent like yeah. a, an amazing pop song that kind of transcends yeah. like boy band yeah. dance I mean, he, stuff he, right he, he he rightfully won the Ivan Novello for this yeah like know, it's and, it's a yeah. it's a kind of it's an actual so, songwriting achievement yeah. whereas I think the others are just like they're cool kind of bouncy dancey you know boy bandy songs and they're really good like E17 you know they, they had some like, they're really good singles really good singles but this to me feels like a bit of a step up right um so i i'm gonna put in box c because every time i hear it i go i love this song it's excellent but what i'm also going to do is i'm going to take it out of box c i'm going to take box abc away from the christmas if this was just do you like this song yeah box c in the christmas thing this is not a christmas song this no, is not. not a christmas no. song that is no. a fact you can tell yourself that it is for, until you're blue in the face. You can shout at me and go, whoa, well, there's snow in the video. This is not matter. a Christmas song. It's not a Christmas song. No. Sleigh, bells do not, sleigh bells do not make, a, do not a Christmas song make. <laughs> exactly. And I will come back to this as an argument later on. People go, oh, you're a hypocrite because there's something else I'm going to add in a minute. Um, yeah. But yeah, Stay Another Day by 17. A very good song but not a Christmas song. Let is, let's go to like a really, really big one and a particular poignant one for this year. November the 23rd, 1987. 
Fairy Tale of New York, Pogues, featuring Kirsty McCall. I cannot believe that anyone would put this anywhere other than box C. Oh, this is the definition of a box C Christmas record. Yeah. It's just, you know. This isn't quite my favourite Christmas song ever. It's probably my second uh, favourite, but it uh, is the uh, best, I think. Yeah, it is. Out of, out of that top tier that I was alluding to earlier, mm-hmm. this is, out of out of the ones you, you that are kind of, you know, overplayed or bordering on being overplayed, this is the one where it comes on. The original version, thank you very much. And... Well, not yeah, the not it, the cre- not the creeper version. I don't think I've heard that. Yeah, it's good. The creeper yeah. version is good. Yeah, yeah, it's really okay. good. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, what? He- what obviously, it got to, it famously got to number two, Christmas '87. Mm-hmm. I believe was that was that Rick Petit, Jackie Wilson. I don't. I have no the, idea. The, um, but that does. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah I'm gonna, that was either '86 or '87, with the with the awesome kind of plasticine stop animation video. Yoo-hoo. No, it was always on my mind. Oh, okay. So Rick Petit was eighty six then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was on my mind. <laughs> Big Christmas song, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, oh, it's, oh it's, it's fucking incredible. In in a, sh- in a decent shout of the greatest cover ever, really. Um, but yeah, it's it it's such a kind of perfect, like, condensed like story. The story in it is brilliant. One of the first, one of the first acting jobs Matt Dillon ever had was being in the video for this mm, song, mm. playing the copper. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it, it's perfect, and I'm assuming it's number one at the moment. It it's be. number one in Ireland. It hit the top of the charts in Ireland again because uh, it, it did get to number one in Ireland back in the day, got yeah. number two in the UK, and uh, it, it hit it on the same day as Shane McGowan's funeral. Yeah, uh, oh, which I think cool. is pretty nice. Yeah, that's, uh, that's I, pretty cool. This song is fucking outstanding, like absolutely outstanding. It's brilliant. That's a work of art. It is. Oh, it's an, it's a, it's it's genius. It's proper. It's you know, like you say, the story, the fact that it manages to feel Christmassy yeah. without really ever, and it does have you know the kind of tin whistle and the strings and yep. stuff are not yeah, necessarily that... Christmassy instruments, but yet no, they not. kind of give it a Christmassy feel. And you kind of in because in my head sometimes I think about it, I go, oh yeah, that's got like sleigh bells and you know, and I go, oh no, it hasn't at all, has it? No, it's got none of that at all. No, it hasn't got any of that at all. But again, that's another reason feels, why I love it. But it just feels really, really, yeah, yeah. really Christmassy. When, when the strings come in at the end, it just, it just gives this extra mm. kind of whoosh and bit of class. Yeah. That, the last kind of 40 seconds of that song, the, the kind of outro is is absolutely perfect. Yeah. It's so and perfect. Every time the line, you know, I could have been someone or so yeah, could anyone. So could anyone. That gets me. It is so it kills me. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, it man. Kills so amazing. Me, that line. And it, it's you know that kind of the that mixture of like kind of gruffness and euphoric sweetness. Kirsty McCall's voice is so so sugary, so honey glazed, so beautiful, so sore, yeah, so euphoric. Yeah, but dripping and, in vitriol as well. Yeah, and then Shane oh. McGowan's sort of his drawl and his, his sort of slurring vocals. Oh, mate, it's absolutely yeah. incredible. I yeah. 
probably wouldn't listen to it at any other time of year but i tell you what right i i watched a documentary about it about 20 years ago and they've never shown it on telly since and it is an it's just just about the making of the song just i've never really seen like they go oh here's a 45 minute long documentary about the making of one song and they wow. showed it on christmas eve at midnight on the beat on bbc one at about half past yeah but bbc one about half past midnight in about 2004 right um 2003 2004 sort of time and i've never seen it since and i really wish i'd show it again i hope this year they do because it is amazing really really good really really good um yeah so good um here's one that i think kind of almost relates to the east 17 one again 19th of november 1984 Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Now, mm. if I'm saying that Stay Another Day is not a Christmas song, you could say, well, surely The Power of Love is not a Christmas song. Because The Power of Love just has a Christmassy video. It happened to be released around this time. Mm. And it's not explicitly written about Christmas it's about love but obviously christmas in its truer form it's nice to talk about presents and trees and stuff it is a is a religious holiday and although again i don't think holly johnson necessarily explicitly talks about a certain religion and a certain time and a certain period of that religion i think the power of love becomes a christmas song on the fact that it was written by holly johnson at a time where he felt quite lost in his life and recorded it as a kind of a plea for salvation and spirituality and there is a kind of biblical aspect to it ergo that to me puts it enough in the conversation if we're having a song about a bloke in the trenches at world war one i think we can have the power of love am i being a bit picky choosy with that do you think Gaz no I'd, I'd have this definitely in the mix I think it's, this is like an incredible incredible song and it was considering like where Frankie had come from with the previous two singles lots of relaxed and two tribes and then he, he'd yeah. come with this like this big kind of lush classy ballad with the um, I'll protect you from the hooded claw keep the vampires from your door I love that line um, again this is another one that's kind of been covered a lot I think Jimmy World have done it Feeder Feeder did a really good version of it um, but like Holly Johnson's vocal Nightwish Epica Red Cross and Within Temptation oh wow the might done it the, well yeah I'll take Red Cross the, you can keep the rest thank you very much yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah now you're right um, yeah this this is great it's it's got a quite a, a quite a Christmassy video, as I remembered. Like got yeah, a star, the star of David and the Three Kings yeah, going across the yeah and all that. I do kind of think that was kind of shoehorned in, really, yeah, to kind probably. of take advantage of the Christmas market. Mm. But it's, it's got the beautiful kind of strings on it and stuff, and the lyrics are beautiful. Yes, it's not very Christmassy, but whenever I do hear it, but it's weird because obviously it, it, it's, it's essentially kind of a, a universal song about universal themes of like mm. salvation and being lost and all this kind of stuff. But you only ever hear it at Christmas. You could quite easily hear this song in fucking April. Do you know what I mean? Um, 
but yeah, for some reason, it's just, it's it's absolutely intrinsically tied to December time, mm. which is you know kind of it strange. Was... But it, it it's great. It's wonderful. I love Frank and Ghost of Hollywood. Yeah, we were talking about um um in the in the um like Patreon special we, we recorded just now. Oh no, fuck! They did two albums. They did I was do two s- albums. Yeah, because yeah, I I, yeah. I I I was talking about. Yeah, them, I was thinking. Yeah, I was welcome, like, to, welcome imagine, to Pleasure Dome is great. Yeah, welcome to the Pleasure Dome. But then you know they kind of it, they had a hard time following that up for a variety, yeah they a, did was it, it was, of reasons yeah it was called liverpool warriors of the wasteland was on it that's a good that's that was a good single that was that was on the second album i think yeah um was it called but was it called it was actually, liverpool i'm sure it was called liverpool rage uh, hard was on it warriors of the wasteland yes you're right life, sorry yeah. for some reason i was thinking i was thinking of holly johnson's first solo album a blast called blast blast yes. americanos blue, blue jeans, jeans and, and chinos called pepsi and oreos good song that good song <laughs> this got to song. number one back in 1984 yeah. now yeah. this is a box c for me without any oh, yeah, yeah, question yeah, yeah. whatsoever it was re-released in 1993 it was um, all, all three of their big hits were re-released well that's what i was going to say this is when yeah. i discovered frankie goes to hollywood because the band um, greatest hits, yeah, that everyone at school had. Yeah, everyone and and, had and it was that. weird that they kind of re-released, like say, all of the big singles suddenly came yeah. back out again, and yeah. um, yeah, it was it was pretty mad. But I remember um getting this, and I wasn't even really aware that it was or hearing this, and I wasn't even really particularly aware that it was a Christmas song. And then um, it seeing the video and stuff, and I was like, oh, it was Christmassy, and um, I bought my mum this on tape single for christmas with oh. my own pocket oh. money it was the so year be- the year before i had some pocket money i had some money the pocket money that my granddad had given me and i bought my mum something and i was like i'm gonna try and buy my mum something out of my own money because my dad would usually be like oh look i'll get your mum a present from you and you can wrap it up and say it's from you or whatever and i bought uh this and i remember that christmas morning playing this tape of the power of love on repeat over and over and over and over again and as a result of that it is comfortably my favorite christmas song and it is wow maybe one of my top after oh, picking favorite ever songs is really fucking difficult but i mean it, it gets in the top 50 quite comfortably i would say it gets in the top 50 songs full stop uh quite comfortably and it just um it's very it's quite actually quite hard to listen to these days for me I, it yeah, feels I'm it's sure. like a treat sure. it's like a it's like a an expensive um glass of champagne where you're like well i can only give myself one kind of glass of that because it's a it's quite hard to listen you, you can't put yourself through that too many times yeah. and i just think it's it's one of those songs that is so perfect and so beautiful and again like they say holly johnson's lyrics the sentiment everything about it thinking of it as a christmas song and treating it as a christmas song but like you say it doesn't even necessarily it's probably the only one that you could go i mean apart from me 17 which isn't a christmas song it's the only one where you go yeah i could listen to this in june september time and that'd be it but unlike the year 17 song they didn't cash in on the christmas market by adding fucking sleigh bells yeah. and, and tinsel and shit to it they just did it as is as this beautiful lush ballad mm. that just happened to be kind of i guess they did kind of do a video but to be honest it was always going to get to number one anyway because frankie was the biggest thing in the world oh, in 1983 so, so like beyond huge beyond huge yeah, yeah. really good yeah. I love, I absolutely love that song. Yeah, it's my favorite oh, Christmas great. song. Before we do our last song, Gaz, would you like to reveal? Because you said to me, "Oh, my favorite yeah. Christmas song is a bit yeah. of a, a kind of a, a, an underground sleeper hit." 
Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but it was barely a hit. I think it scraped into like the low reaches of the top forty. It was Christmas nineteen ninety seven. I don't know what this is. Uh, it's Fountains of Wayne. I want an alien for Christmas. I've never heard this. Song. Really? No. I want an alien for Christmas. I want an alien this year. I want a little green guy, three feet high, with um, was it seventeen eyes and who knows how to fly? I've absolutely no. It's wonderful. You, 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 of the song. you know what fans? Um, you know, uh, know this is like, like yeah. yeah, this is obviously pre Stacey's mum. But like, I don't know if you remember like Radiation Vibe. Yeah, and yeah, th- you know that that first album is it's a power pop classic. Yeah, um, you know it was like I, I was like fucking hell. You know we've got nineties cars. You know, and I was literally the only person who gave a fuck about them until Stacey's mum came out eight years later, and I was like, right now, can you see why I've been I've loved this band for so many years. Um, and everyone yeah. thought they everyone got them mixed up with OK Go for about yeah. five years. Yeah, are they the ones on the um uh, on the treadmill? No, 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 no. no are they Weezer? Oh, no, they're not Weezer. No, fuck's sake. Um, oh, no, mate, I've never I'm, heard that. I'm going to listen to that after we finish. Yeah, yeah, please do. I I'll actually uh, a few years ago uh, during like the initial lockdown, a uh, good friend of mine runs like a little indie label. Not that one. Another mm. one. Uh, I'm not giving him any more free fucking adverts. <laughs> um, he uh, it, he did like a a charity kind of album for, and all the proceeds were going to go to uh, I think it was Shelter. Um, and he asked loads of like artists to do like acoustic versions of Christmas songs, and he asked me, and I did an acoustic version of Fountains of Wayne. I want an alien for Christmas. I'll send you a link to that as well, mate. There oh, you mate, go. yeah, I'll make the old little Christmas tree point. Yeah, yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. Fountains of Wayne. I want an alien for Christmas. You never hear it. I think I heard it once randomly in a shop about ten years ago, just into the music that was pumped into the shop. And I was like, I literally stopped in my tracks, and I'm like, and the guy behind the counter was like, "You're right." I was like, "This is my favourite Christmas song, Fountains of Wayne." I can't believe they're playing this, you know. And I asked him, I "Was like, did you put this on?" He was like, "No, this is just music that's pumped through from fucking head office." <laughs> or fucking buy, it, you know. Kill me, out. kill me now. Yeah, buy something off. Buy something off. fuck off out of here. Yeah. 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 Wow. There you go. Hmm. There All right. You go, well, let's end with the what we one we've already sort of mentioned. Christmas time, open brackets, don't let the bells end, close brackets, by the darkness, release on the 15th of December, 2003. They're cutting it a bit fine, aren't they? Yeah, really? there, no, we they go, there we yeah, go for going the first for week sales. Mm. <laughs> yeah, Gary Jules kept it off of the top of the charts. I'm hoping yeah. by the time you listen to this, I have seen them playing this song live because there's only a few opportunities really otherwise you get to see this band um, doing this song. I don't think they do yeah. it in their normal set, do they? No, a bit, no. A bit weird, wouldn't it? A bit weird, wouldn't it? If they went to yeah. a fucking festival in Barcelona in July and they rocked out fucking a Christmas song, that'd be mental. Uh, anyway. i probably quite enjoy it. I would quite enjoy it. Um, (laughs) I don't think too many people are going to be that shocked if we both put this in box C. So should we just put it in box C and then say how good it is? Yeah, this is box C. Now can we talk about the song? The song is a glorious, glorious throwback to that Wizard, Slade, Elton John kind of era of like, or Mud. And all the time when those, those bands were doing big rock songs. It's funny, like if you can cast your mind back to when Mark was on the podcast earlier and he said, mm. uh, you know, when I was in sort of rock bands, I always felt like I couldn't do Christmas songs because it's not really the sort of thing that you do. And it did get to that point, I guess, in the kind yeah, of, in the, you know, where, when in the 80s and, and then into alternative rock and then into like, like where 
oh no you well christmas songs are just fucking stupid naff crap like you wouldn't you have had oasis okay, doing it you, you think like oasis or you wouldn't get nirvana doing a christmas song but no. why 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 not but like but then you know the darkness brought back the proper classic look and feel and vibe and sound of those glorious old christmas rock british glam rock classics they've essentially did what kelly clarkson did with the formula from you know her side of the pond 15 years well 10 years before she did it brilliant yeah. great song and it's actually funny as well isn't it don't let the bells end it's a silly little pun but it works and still panther <laughs> couldn't have come up with that so you know no. winner they've got the well they've got the intelligence for the starters they're not from lower stuffed no, they're not <laughs> they're not mates um, red shearing are they no, you, you, um, yeah, Great Britain's most easterly point. Well, there you go. Yeah. This is, I'm kind of, this is the one time where I don't mind A, sleigh bells, B, tinsel cheese, and C, children's choir. Children's choir. Yeah. It's the only exception to the rule, right? Take that, Rob At, Flynn. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and Pink Floyd. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is it's 2003. It, it, it was it was incredible. Like going from obviously, we, you know, we've done special on Permission to Land, so I'm not mm. going to go into all of that. But you know, by the by the time it got to, I remember reading in Kerrang in like it would have been, I guess, September October time that it said the Darkness had released in the Christmas single. We're going to do that thing that Mud and Slade and Elton and you know all those people did back in the seventies, and you know they brought it back, and they're like, "We're gonna have a, it's gonna be number one. It's gonna be the greatest end of the year." And um, I remember going out and buying it on day of release. I remember buying. I bought the I bought the I bought the CD single, and I bought the the shaped seven inch picture disc. I remember it just got it had an awesome cartoon on it, like Justin kind of riding yeah, the, the, the rocket. The slate, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was great. The video was 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 so fucking cheesy and funny, and just very kind of British, and it was glorious. You know, yeah, you, you know, don't let the bells end. But then it also says, you know, just let them ring in peace. But you can't hear him say in. It just goes, let, just let them ring peace. It's it's like oh, you know, it's just that can carry on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dirty old man, you know, like um, you know postcard off the end of the pier kiss me quick kind of stuff and it was just a knowing nod and stuff and it was fun and it was such a glorious end to like a glorious year where rock came back in the fucking mainstream and rock was the biggest thing around again and it was fucking great and I was so fucking convinced it was going to be number one it was everywhere um and yeah it it should have been number one it was the people's champion number one and what would have been lovely if it had got to number one? Uh, I, I, it, it, it would have been, it would have been that kind of cream on the cake, especially with what happened with the darkness. Literally months later, where everyone just turned off the light, and was like, "Nope, we're done." So they, you know, it, yes, they they had number one out, but it would, it would have been lovely for them to end that year with a Christmas number one because from from 2004 onwards, pretty much it was X Factor all the way. They had the mm-hmm. fucking monopoly pretty yeah. much from that point forward, and that was the point where everyone just gave up, going. Mm. 
what's the fucking point? We're not going to bother releasing anything, you know. Those fucking sausage roll arsholes, when even we go, oh, thank oh. God, the X Factor one of the sausage roll wankers come along. Yes, um, yeah. Matt, one thing yeah. we'll pick you up on there, talking about being yeah. the people's um, number one, I actually think the the Mad World cover by Gary Jules, I'm just yeah. looking at Gary Jules, right? And that's basically like the first song he did. I mean, he's not really yeah. done. He's not really done. Yeah, but the mad anything... thing is like that, that version of Mad World came from Donnie Darko, which came out about 18 months before it got to number one. Yeah. Why Why did that song get tracked? Because people liked it. This is what I was going to say. Yeah. Because yeah, people liked it, it. This is why I was going to say, I don't think it was the people's number yeah, one. Yeah, but why because... was it really... Why was it released then? Well, when the film had come out 18 months beforehand. I, I just meant what gave it the traction to, to, for all of a sudden for like people on radio? Because radio still had cachet in 2003. It still had power to launch careers. You know, look what like, you know, Wogan was doing with like Katie Mellier and people like that at the time. He was playlisting. You know, was it a case of Wogan all of a sudden started playing this version of Mad World? Possibly. or something and all of a sudden Possibly, everyone was like oh my god you know. I, I don't remember I don't think I, I mean one you couldn't even go and see, like from where Donnie Darko I had to rent on from Blockbuster because it wasn't on any cinemas near me and I saw it and I was like fucking me, great no. right? and so yeah. it's a great film and then that came out and people just started hearing it and then I think they decided because you know it's a, it's a key moment from the film which ended up having this kind of quite a big cult following and then the single probably did they were going oh well maybe we'll you know the soundtrack would have come out and then they were like oh we'll release that and I actually think that you know the darkness, in a lot of ways, Gary Jules beating the darkness to number one. Although, as you know, time goes on, you do go. Ah, it would have been really good to have the darkness have that massive, big Christmassy hit single. That would have been really yeah. good. And then we never, ever, ever got anything even approaching an interesting battle for number one until kind of, I guess, Radiance Machine come along in two thousand and nine, just at a protest more than it actually being like a Christmas song or anything. Yeah. But I do think it's quite. I, I do think that Mad World getting to number one. I think it's actually quite a, a fucking. I think it's quite a cool thing. I don't think it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a media, it doesn't feel to me like it was a media driven, preordained, like big no. cynical release thing. It feels like that so that film came out, didn't have a big release, got quite a cult following. People started buying the album. People started hearing the song. People in, you know, positions of influence, maybe started playing the song. People started going, that's a really good cover of that. And they're going, yeah. oh, we'll release I mean, it as a single. I'll release it as a single. Don't know who this guy is. I mean, Gary Jules, he had two albums out before, yeah. you know, his 2001 album, Trading Snake Oil for Wolf Tickets, which I'd never yeah. heard of before, peaked at number 144 on the US Billboard chart yeah. two years before this album came out. And that's in the US. And then, you know, he's getting a number one hit single in the uk i actually think it's a really 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 nice story that it is Jules gets yeah, no, it, it, looking back now with hindsight yeah it's it's a glorious it's an incredible cover it's so beautiful and yeah, i actually bought that and i didn't buy the darkness so i feel like boo I'm, you're I part of the problem mate contributed <laughs> to it. Yeah, so, you know. uh, but at the time i i was you know i was fuming disgusted <laughs> absolutely fuming yeah fuming and uh, yeah, I you know I was gonna write to my uh, local MP and uh, but yeah, look, looking back now, it's just like yeah, that Gary Jules version, it's it's fucking it is incredible. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was the kind of last time when I was pr- quite invested in what was going on in the top forty. Really, that was the last time. That's when I closed that door. That book was closed, and I was like, right, okay. I think and that was now. like the last time. Yeah, I mean, uh, I 
got in on the old Regent's machine, getting to number one. I was fucking delighted with that. Oh but, yeah, yeah that, that was yeah, that, that was that was great. But that was you know that was something different. Yeah, you know, that was an old song coming back out of protest. Mm. There still seems you know like two thousand and three. It was still just like a quite a cool thing for like the Christmas battle. Yeah, because no one knew. Mm. No one knew. Yeah, no one did. Know. Everyone was convinced it was going to be the darkness, and you know. I thought it was going to be the darkness, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did. I think a lot of people did. Anyway, there you go. I mean, no, it's not really a Christmas song. Gary Jill's Mad World. So, you know, uh, that, don't know why we end up talking. Well, we do know why we end up talking about it. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's certainly not a Christmas song, even though it's sort of associated. Now, again, it's weird. It's sort of associated with Christmas. Not yep. really. A, but it's not actually a Christmas song in any way, I don't think. <laughs> um, but there you go. Have a nice Christmas, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us throughout the year. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll be back in the new year. First thing we're going to be doing is previewing. Previewing? No, we're not going to be previewing. We're going to be going back. If you've got any albums that we haven't reviewed or we haven't listened to that came out throughout 2023, let us know. Over the Christmas period, we'll listen to them and we will come back with a big bumper, look back at all the albums, what we missed over 2023. We've already got quite a few good ones sticking in there, so that would be good. Go over to Patreon.com com forward slash true cop pop if you want to sign up for all of that exclusive content which will continue to come throughout 2024 and you know we don't usually ask for any reviews or anything but i think loads of people normally do when they do their last podcast a year oh god give us a review i don't really like asking for it because you might give us a four and then i'll just think that you're you know you're you're actually reviewing us which really reviews aren't really reviews are they they're just meant to no, be like oh look at my score well look how yeah. high i am in the charts and stuff yeah. i don't really care don't worry about it fuck it I, i'm no. not even gonna ask do what you want no. i don't give a shit really um uh, i like to think if you're here listening you actually like it anyway so yeah fuck about reviews so. yeah yeah <laughs> don't like, whatever it doesn't matter um but anyway have a nice christmas everyone we'll see you next year uh we do we you know for christmas dinner guys well, for Christmas dinner, I'm, um, I'll be having a Caribbean feast. Ooh. Bit curry goat, um, yeah, um, plantain, rice and pea, mm. um, yeah, fried chicken. Keep your turkey, mate. I'll be, I'll, be drink, I'll be drinking an heinous amount of rum and red stripe. Yeah. Uh, can't bloody wait. But yeah, it was me and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's mother dearest, and she's a fucking outrageous cook. Nice. So, yeah, can't wait. I have bought an eight-person turkey for two, for two people, for two people, and possibly a cat. Fatty, so... fatty, bum bum, good lad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> turkey, cu- turkey curry for the next week after. That, I love, I love, love leftovers, leftovers for Christmas. Love Amazing. Anyway, that's what I'm going to go. Oh, and I haven't had anything to eat today, so I'm probably going to go and get me. Try. I'm trying to slim down. It's going to be like beard what, versus food. for the fucking yeah, carnage. Yeah, not going to eat for fucking 10 <laughs> days before Christmas. Anyway, yeah. uh, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Appreciate that. We'll see you. Have a lovely Christmas. Have a lovely new year. We'll see you in 2024. Thank you so much for listening throughout the year. It's been very, very nice. We very much appreciate all of your support and your uh, suggestions and your contributions and your love and all that kind of palaver. Bye, guys. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> love you. Bye.